So it's that time of the year again when Aaron inadvertently makes me realize I haven't played as many games as I'd like to. Thanks man. So without further ado, let's get to Madden's Top 5 Games He Played This Year. Coming in at number 5 we have Outer Wilds Echoes of the Eye DLC. Outer Wilds will forever be near and dear to my heart, so having a reason to return to its beautifully crafted universe was such a treat. It also scared the living shit out of me. Number 4 we have The Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe. It's funny. Number 3, Cyberpunk 2077. Look, people complain about bugs in this game, but clearly they have features. I mean, of course it makes sense that in a world with Elon Musk's chip in everyone's brains, everyone's he poses from time to time. Unbeatable immersion. Number 2, Vampire Survivors. This game is actually digital crack, and the fact that its creator hasn't tried to exploit my addiction for money is the only thing that's giving me hope in this world right now. So just some honourable mentions, uh, I played The Forgotten City, Kentucky Route Zero, What Remains of Edith Finch, and Dear Esther. Yes, you bet I'm mentioning a one hour long walking sim that's over 10 years old in here. So my most played game of the year is Apex Legends. Okay, I'm not gonna lie, I actually hate this game 90% of the time. Probably even more now that I realize that it's the biggest reason why I haven't branched out to games that are actually good. So what is my game of the year? It's Inscription. Do you like escape rooms, card games, found footage movies? Well, I hate all the above, but I love this game. Wait, it just hit me that my top three games were all gifts from other people. See, this is why I hate reflecting on things. I guess my New Year's resolution is to become a better person. Thanks, Jump Crouch, for stealing 40 hours of my life this year. Damn, that's an entire work week. And thank you, Aaron, for the free ad space. Have a great 2023, everyone. Guys, what are we here to do today? What what makes this night different from any other night? Uh, a lot of heartbreak, bitter herbs, a lot, a lot of, of sadness. Yeah, bitter herbs. Uh, yeah, Re realizing that some things are better than others. Oh no! Yeah. Some things are better than others. Uh, let's no, but really, what are we here to do today? Game of the year. What's game of the year? This is the game of the year show, guys. This is yeah. uh, this is the moment we've been waiting for all year, where we make our opinions. Matters of public fact. I agree. I think this is just we're we're stamping and approving it, and we're finally saying that these are the games of the year, and uh, you know you just have to accept it. You just have yeah. to accept that Horizon Forbidden West will not be a game of the year contender. It's just not won't. on this podcast. Wasn't on PC. Uh, I didn't get to play it. Uh, I could have played it. Actually, I did play it. I did not like it. The beginning of that game is terrible. Maybe the rest of the game's all right, but like mm. that game starts badly. Mm. All right, so we have many categories. Let me go over the categories real quick so people can know what to look out for. We have most 2022 game, most disappointing thing of 2022, best hangout game, best moment in a game, uh, 
Best game we didn't play but wish we had, or wish we had played more of. Best remaster, remake, uh, re-release, whatever. Best weapon in a game. The Orin Luck Best Hypermasculine Male of the Year Award. <laughs> Hoorah! <laughs> yes. Best multiplayer game. Oh my god, there's a lot of categories. Best retro game design, artistic, and best ga- like or I guess artistic and uh, mechanical. Best retro game design, I guess we'll say. Uh, and game of the year from another year. And then finally, the official Jump Crouch top five games of the year, including the game of the year, which is definitely going to be Hyper Demon. All right, guys, let's go. Uh, <laughs> oh, what's the first category? Where are we starting? Yeah, yeah, give us the first category. So the Aaron, first category the is most 2020 game of the year. 2022. Most 2022 game. Yeah, did I say 2020? You did. Uh, Windwalker. You know, it's. I'm still there. I'm still there, buddy. It's still. 2020 has never ended. Uh, we're all still living 2020. It's uh, okay. The most 2022 game of the year is Chatpot GPT, which is a uh, text generative AI text generator that that you give it prompts and it writes rather uh, interesting thoughtful things i don't know passes the turing test kind of a big deal in ai kind of a creepy thing cyberpunk 2077 wordle you guys play wordle oh yeah 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 okay uh god of war ragnarok dwarf fortress a game that's 20 years old but came to steam this year and elden ring a game which took up by far the most time on our podcast we spent we spent more time talking about elden ring than i think Doom Eternal, Hitman, and Resident Evil combined. Wow. Well, I, I don't know about I mean, Hitman. Yeah, maybe not Hitman. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, here's the thing. Most 2022 categories. So, like, how are we defining that? Like, like just when we think of 2022, Loosely. that's the game, like, thematically? Mm-hmm. I am going to say that it should be God of War Ragnarok because that game is emblematic of just like the most 2022 ass game design in my opinion but because it's all about it's a sony game it's all about holding you by the hand it's all about the cinematic narrative experience it is the most 2022 game that is my nomination okay kevin um mine is gonna be Elden Ring. 2022 was the year that people asked me, who don't ever play Dark Souls or anything like that, have you played this game? As if I had never, was unfamiliar with the franchise. So that just shows you how wide-reaching it was that, you know, basically Demon Souls became mainstream. That's a that's an impressive feat. So, that was a very 2022 moment for me. I also want to mention Chatbot because it's amazing and going to change, I think, the way humans interact with information. I think it's that it's machine learning is like big deal <clears throat> yeah uh i would say chatbot even though it came out at the very end of the year like almost spilled into really 2023 uh but i'm okay with elden ring chatbot god of war as yeah. in that order what do you guys think about that sure. honestly it should be elden ring i think yeah. like elden ring kind <clears throat> of uh and god of war is more of like a derogatory 2022 <laughs> Uh, idea where it's just like this is kind of like the most 2022 ass stuff 
But Elden Ring, if we're talking about just a game that gripped pop culture for the entire year and then some, mm-hmm. like I'm sure people are going to be playing that game for years and talking about it. Uh, Elden Ring is it. Um, yeah. And, I, and the fact that it won Game of the Year at the Game Awards, I think, signals a shift towards what the uh, consensus game design philosophy is in the industry now. All right. I Yeah, I think also it took up so much time on our podcast and, and it's it's just, yeah. I think when people look back on 2022, that'll be a game. That'll be like the first thing that comes That's to mind. Game. Same way. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, the winner is Elden Ring. Now, the, let's the see most, if El- tw- The most 2022 game of 2022. Not game of the year. At least we don't know yet. Most 2022-ass game. Yeah. Now, guys, let's see if Elden Ring can start sweeping all the awards with most disappointing thing of 2022. Uh, <laughs> Oren, you want to read me these categories? Yeah, I'm going to pull up the Google Doc. Most disappointing thing of 2022. Mm-hmm. Number one, companions spoiling puzzles and talking over combat in God of War Ragnarok. Number two, combat sections of Scorn. I'm going to stop num- numbering them now. Number three, <laughs> the game, <laughs> the gameplay feel of Trek to Yomi. I didn't play the Jotun, the Jotunheim sequence in God of War Ragnarok, the Game Awards <clears throat> nominations in general, the final ten to fifteen hours of Elden Ring, delays of many games, Redfall, Starfield, Zelda, etc. Uh, Sony shitty PS1, PS2 emulation, lack of PS3 emulation, and general PS Plus nonsense. I'm going to chalk that up to PlayStation Plus being kind of bullshit and not great. And then stutter struggle on PC in general. Um, yeah. I, I do want to say that... Brought, oh, yeah. Go go ahead, Aaron. I was going to say that famously brought Alexander Battaglia to tears. It did. It did. It was very <laughs> Maybe surprising. you can see this, but... Never mind. He he was like seemingly on the verge of tears while talking about it recently on a podcast. He's a journalist for a digital foundry. And Eurogamer, yeah. Eurogamer, yeah. I I also kind of add small that there was no AAA huge Xbox game that I played that I remember. (laughs) I'm sure there was one. And, you know, not a big deal, but it was sad this year. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I agree. We can add that. Okay, so sorry, Ron, I interrupted you. Oh well, I think I garbled the second category, the the number two and three, which are the combat sections of Scorn and the gameplay feel of Trek to Yomi, which uh, were very disappointing as well. We have a lot of stuff. Um, mm. I'm gonna let's uh, do it the other way around, Aaron. What do you feel the most strongly as the most disappointing thing of 2022? Uh, you know, there were a lot of disappointments in 2022, uh, but I think that the thing that was the most disappointing for me were the final 10 to 15 hours of Elden Ring, a game that I think is an incredible game. It's one of my favorite games I've ever played, which is, which makes those final 10 to 15 hours sting all the more. And that last boss is like, was such a chore for me. I don't know if my build was bad or if I was just sucking, but like, I was really kind of bummed out by the the end of Elden Ring. Even though again, I love that game. I think it's I think it is the best open world game ever made in my my personal opinion. I would give it that accolade. I just don't like the end of the game. Kevin, what do you think? I think uh I think I'm on the same page here. Um 
while I was very sad at the Game Awards, did not have Signalis specifically even mentioned, not even like an honorable mention, nothing, not no nomination, nothing. Uh, I do have to say, for me, I don't know if it's the, t- the final 10 to 15 hours, but it's just really the final boss fight. I think of Elden Ring really was the one that stuck me just because it, it's a lot of chasing. The fight itself is beautiful, um, very visually impressive, but I think mechanically it's frustrating and it's a bummer. Just like you compare that to Gwyn from Dark Souls 1, like what an amazing fight. Just it's just like, I don't know. It's just a, a minor letdown to an incredible game otherwise. Well, I'm going to jump in and say, first of all, I do have something to say about El- the ending of Elden Ring, but... For me, I feel really passionately about companions spoiling puzzles and talking over combat in God of War Ragnarok because <laughs> I think God of War Ragnarok at the end of the day is a really good game. Like, it, you know, it could be like oh. a 9 out of 10 game or yeah. something. But, but, but mm-hmm. the companion spoiling the puzzles and talking over combat was so poisonous to that experience that it brought down like a really good game down to like a seven or six out of 10 for me. And it, it infects everything. Like um, when it comes to just player exploration, the characters are telling you where to explore. When it comes to combat, they're telling you how to fight. Uh, when it comes to puzzle solving, they're telling you how to solve the puzzle. And it was just, it really infected the experience for me and really brought it down. Um, it was, it was like having a really nice, like French dish that was that's gourmet and prepared by this amazing chef, but there's like a little maggot in the center of it. Mm. That's how I felt about it. But anyway, um, <laughs> I don't yeah. know if you guys have anything to say about God of War Ragnarok, but we could shift it over to Elden Ring. But that's I haven't that's played my it. Vote. So yeah, like everything it. you say sounds true, and I and I believe you on this completely. Like these sounds like all the things yeah. that I just like about these kind of games. So I haven't played it, so I don't have an opinion. I can't really say anything about it. But right. it sounds. It sounds like all the worst kind of Sony-itis that I dislike. So, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, the sort of frictionless design of, of making sure that players always consume as much as they possibly can in a sitting. I don't like that. I, I think that's bigger than just the companion spoiling puzzles of, of God of War, but it, it, it that is emblematic of it. I don't know, man. To continue your metaphor, it's like you go to have this meal, and you're like, wow, this is the best... 50 course meal I've ever had and then the last five courses are are not just bad but grating and the chef sitting there watching you making sure you eat them that's what I felt about the end of Elton Ring uh there are a couple uh sorry to cut you off but there are like a couple of things I think Elden Ring's probably going to take this category but I do want to say a couple things about the ending of Elden Ring one I also had frustrations with the final few bosses of Elden Ring because it just, yeah, it was just a boss rush and a lot of the boss design isn't the strongest um, and it's very summons dependent. But a couple things I did like about the ending, I still thought the Marika Radigan twist was amazing. Um, I thought that was an amazing narrative twist at the end of that game. And also, as much as I didn't like Elden Beast, I feel like the true final boss of that game is actually Millennia. So I feel a little less bad about it. But hmm. but that's that's my slight pushback. I do... I mean, Sekiro and Bloodborne and Dark Souls and Dark Souls 3 all have stronger endings, hands down. So I, I get the, uh, the hate or the, uh, you know, the disappointment. Hmm. Does it deserve the most disappointing thing of 2022, though, the end of that game? Like... 
Is that is it? I guess is was is the the only one who's played this game would be Warren. Is it, is it as egregious to you as the the whole game being spoiled? No, uh, no. Okay. Yeah, for for me, God of War Ragnarok takes this category. Like like, like when down. you said your your analogy, I was thinking like if you were eating, trying to like eat your food, and the person next to you was like, "Hey, you, here's how you use the fork. You hold the fork like this, and then you bring it to your mouth, and then you like enjoy. How's the food? Is it good? Do you like it? Is the food tasty? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Words. Your metaphor is better than my metaphor. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it really it it really does feel that way. I mean, like even like uh, like when you're going to uh, you know how a lot of these games are paced where you do a main quest, and then you're like, okay, I'm gonna go do side content, and then I'll come back and do the main quest. The the game is even like, oh, you could go on to the next quest, but if you want to just hang out here, you could find a side quest that you might want to do. It's like. There's just no player choice. The game is just constantly just yanking you like a like a parent, like a nervous parent, like throughout this gameplay experience. So for me, it's hands down God of War Ragnarok. However, if you guys feel played it, you want to give it to that. I'm going to give it that just because, like, I I understand what that means. Like, right, these are things I complain about in similar games. So, like, I understand conceptually what that means, and like, I I can't stand that stuff either. So, like, I'm going to vote for that, even though I haven't played the game. Well, you can even right. think of it, too, in terms of, like, I don't know, Aaron, you played a little bit of Horizon. Horizon probably has the same problem, I yeah, imagine. Yeah, sure it does. Yeah, even, like, uh, The Last of Us has some of that, but The Last of Us has it where it, like, kicks in if you've been walking in circles for, like, four or five minutes. Like, it's... it's so yeah, it, I guess it doesn't have that. It, it has good implementation of that. Like if if the game realizes, oh, this person is confused or lost or not, not getting the puzzle will give them a little a little hint as opposed to just like micromanaging you. So all right, God of War, uh, Ragnarok wins most disappointing thing of 2022 for its uh, <laughs> companions. I was I thought Elden Ring was gonna take it, man. Elden Ring is not sweeping these awards so far. That's that's uh. I'm sorry, sorry, Miyazaki, but uh, I, f- I feel like I like enough of the end of Elden Ring for it not to win. I do too. Fair like, enough. Fair like enough. It was frustrating, but like it's not like the most disappointing thing of the year for me. For me, it was, but mm. like I just found the last ten hours of that game to be a slog, and I, I and I wish it wasn't because I found the first hundred hours to be just magical. So, right, uh, whatever. Uh, but that's yeah. All right, I, I I agree with that. I I don't like the God of War stuff uh, with the this frictionless design whatever uh let's move on to best hangout game or what is a what is a hangout game a hangout game is a game where you're just kind of like you know it's a thursday night or something or like a friday night and you just don't have any plans to leave the house and house and you have like you have an edible just sitting there and you're like you know i'm gonna pop that sit down play a game maybe you have a friend of friend of yours you're playing online with and you just zone out for a few hours before going to bed that's how i just that's how i define a hangout game a game that doesn't require require your full attention too that's very important that's my definition anyway i don't know if you guys want to add to that okay so a game where you can spend time with your friends and you aren't there isn't a high level of engagement yeah and you're either smoking weed or drinking alcohol Probably. Okay, I see. So in that case, that kind of eliminates one of these games, in my my personal opinion. But uh, we can we can we can hash it out. Um, yeah. That- oh yeah. I already know which game might might be that might be. But anyway, the nominees are we have mm-hmm. four. We only have four. Power Wash Simulator, Sniper Elite Five, 
Modern Warfare 2, Valheim. I'm actually surprised you guys didn't put Vampire Survivors on here, but... There's yeah. no multiplayer. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, um, I guess the multiplayer component's important, too, right? Because it's a hangout game. Out. I mean, other... Yeah, because yeah, I suppose we could totally play Vampire Survivors. Like, that would be I a mean, great, I like, did, silly actually. couch. My girlfriend and I sat down, and we'd swap and watch Run. Do you want to put that on there? Played. That's how the game was played for us. So yeah, that's on there, then let's I'm... Put it. All right, I already know what I'll I'm I'll put it on there. Um, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll, let's add it. I, I, I like that. Uh, okay. Oren, what, what, for you, it's, it, what is your choice here? My choice is Power Wash Simulator, surprising no one. I think uh, yeah. Power Wash Simulator is like the perfect chat box game where you're just kind of like talking to a friend for a few hours and you're zoned out. You have a glass of wine or whatever and you're just washing stuff. And, yeah. and then four hours pass and you're like, oh my God. How did four hours pass? Um, uh, Power Watch Simulator definitely is my pick. Mine is Vampire Survivors. Like I said, the whole game I spent playing with my girlfriend, we would we had to control or swap it. Um, I would always have to play with hyper mode on, so I'd get 15-minute runs, and she didn't like hyper mode, so she had 30-minute runs. So I'd play the Steam Deck sometimes. But I'd often watch her whole run through the whole game. So we, we, we basically, controller, Aaron's favorite controller swapped it the whole time. Yeah, yeah, I do love controller swap. Uh, my pick is obviously going to be Valheim, the game that I, it, my Steam replay was the most most played game I had this year, which is a little surprising. Yeah. But um, I know Kevin didn't vibe with it quite as much as me, but like I definitely, we had a core group of friends that would play this game. We built cities, we went on adventures, we'd go sailing, you know, we'd go, we had, like we would constantly have these like one to five hour adventures in that game. And, and it wasn't like you're playing, you know, like a wave-based shooter where you have to be like on point and like really focusing. So you can kind of space out and be like, all right, I'm just going to build a tower. And then we just talk about our day and stuff. Um, I think Valheim is is just really, really good for that. It's a really fun place to hang out in. It's coming to Xbox, uh, I think, in a couple of weeks. So that's cool. But um, So I, I agree with you on this. Mm-hmm. Um, um, mine's going to be Vampire Survivor still, but I think I completely agree with you. I think Valheim really succeeds in the same way that MMOs do. Like, your character can exist in a space that isn't solely focused on combat, where there's, like, a lot of action constantly. Like, you can just hang out in a 3D world and have downtime, and just mm. your avatars can be, like, your hangout. Um, that's one of my favorite parts about World of Warcraft, and I think this game also succeeds in that, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it does some of that MMO stuff without uh, without all the bullshit MMO stuff. Mm-hmm. There are no daily quests. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was gonna defer my vote to Vampire Survivors, but it sounds like Valheim's gonna take this category. Uh, I would say Val- let's do vamp- let's do uh, Valheim with Power Wash Simulator as a as a uh, runner up. Oh. What do you guys think? Because I I do I, I tried uh, spoiler alert, I tried to play Power Wash Simulator, and after about three minutes, I said this game is not for me. But I see why it would be for other people. <laughs> I was like, this feels like I'm doing work. I think Valheim is like technically like the strongest pick for this for this category. Like for, like from the game, yeah. it's design. Yeah. it's like the one that's the most. Yeah, let's just like, let's just give it to Valheim. Yeah, okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, Kevin, do you want to read us the next category and the uh, the nominees? Certainly, uh, the best moment of 2022. Uh, these are this has got a lot of goodies, so I'm happy to read this category. Uh, the first one, Elden Ring, the chest that transports you to Kaled. Uh Yes, classic. Uh, Elden Ring, discovering the big twist regarding Radagon America, final boss fight. Absolutely. 
Immortality, first brush with the occult. I think I know what you're talking about here. Uh, Signalis, first enemy that comes back from the dead. So the first time that you realize the enemies are essentially Resident Evil remake style where they can come back after you've killed them. That was a surprise for me. Uh, Signalis, the butterfly puzzle. Absolutely. Uh, the final reveal of Signalis. Aaron, did you beat that game? I guess it's not the final reveal. It's more like the three-quarter reveal. Okay. Uh, but it's the final plot. Yeah, I beat that game. It's the final yeah, yeah. plot point that's revealed where you're like, oh, that. I guess we should have say spoilers to some extent. We oh, could yeah. be kind of vague about it. But like, there's a big paradigm shift that occurs towards the end of Signalis, and that's what I'm thinking of, which, I, which for me, I was like, oh, that's... Normally, I would hate that sort of thing, but in this case, I think it worked. Definitely. Um... Postal Brain Damaged. Realizing it's actually a good game. <laughs> uh, that was mine. Um, the Moment Power Wash Simulator Clicks. A similar similar idea, basically, is to the Postal Brain Damage. Right, thing. right. And uh, the Steam Deck. Playing AAA console PC games on a handheld at 60 FPS. That's also mine. Uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely an impressive thing. So what do we think? Oren? Well, you know what? I'm going to have to go with the butterfly puzzle from Signalis. Mm. I think that was one of the most amazing and interesting. You guys don't know what puzzle I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I thought I loved that puzzle because the, like uh, the only clue that you get for that puzzle is pareidolia. I think, think I'm pronouncing that right, but the, the actually let me read the definition to it just so people know what it is. Um, Give me one second. By the way, it's probably going to be spoilers, just so everyone knows. Spoilers for all the games we're talking about today. Nothing huge, so, maybe, but... So all yeah. I'll say is that in this puzzle, you're trying to get a lock combo, and your only clues are you have like this little framed... Uh, you see these four butterflies that are framed, and the only thing that it says on the frame is pareidolia. I think I'm pronouncing that right. And that is the tendency to perceive a specific, often meaningful image in a random or ambiguous visual pattern. And all you have to do is just like look at the butterflies. And like the more you look at the butterflies, the more you look at them, you discover what the lock combo is. And it was a very inspired puzzle. And I think that that is that's one of my favorite video game puzzles in recent memory i thought it was very that was that's my moment of the year is that puzzle what about you Aaron? what do you think uh hmm i like that puzzle i also really like the puzzle where you had to uh spoiler alert uh play uh swan lake for one of the uh replicants to wake them up mm, that was a good um, one mm-hmm. it, that was like a, a pretty fun i think the puzzles in general and signals were just really re- like really really good uh hmm i did like so if we're talking about immortality like the first time i guess you rewind a video is what you're saying yeah it's the, it's the yeah. first time you realize there's like you start messing with the footage and realize there's more to that game than i just did like watching. that yeah uh i like the as final reveal i don't i'm not like that passionate about any of these i like the steam deck that's kind of a big surprise like oh my god this like look at this thing PC gaming and a handheld mm-hmm. for a, a good price. Mm-hmm. W- what about you, Kevin? Uh, for me, it's like I what, I think the Signalis Butterfly puzzle actually is one of the best puzzles since the like dagger and sword puzzle with the clock. Yes, exactly. I think it's like at that level of amazingness. 
Um, but the Elden Ring chest for me was like completely mind blowing. Like going to that area and then put it and going outside to see Kaylee for the first time was like I'll never forget that moment in gaming, like ever. And I've been playing FromSoft games since they came out and thousands of hours. Like like that, I, they still managed to surprise me and impress me and make me feel vulnerable. And, and the franchise I'm very experienced with was like a very impressive creative idea. So for me, it's got to be like the Kayla chest. Like that might be my that, favorite part of Elden Ring. That's a good in choice. I, f- I feel I, like the Kayla chest is like the moment of the year. Yeah, <laughs> you know, wait a minute, wait a like minute. The, or like the or the pop culture moment, like yeah. that was like meme to death, talked about on Twitter to death. I mean like, that yeah. that was like if it, it surprised everyone, it surprised people. Like I rolled away from it and I then I let it get me, but like the, when it what the, I did not get to transport me. I thought it was gonna poison me or something. It totally broke right. my expectations of what the, the chest traps mean in FromSoft games. Yeah. So I rolled away from it and just thought it was poison. And then I heard people talking about it all the time. And I actually had to ask you, Kevin, where it was because I didn't know. So I didn't, I didn't experience, experience it organically. But now that you said that, it made me realize something was missing from this list that to me may be of comparable, equal, maybe greater potency. The first time you go down an elevator and discover there's an entire world mm-hmm. underground, that yeah. was like, <gasps> that actually that was would be awesome. my that was unambiguous awesome, moment of the year. Yeah, Very that was, perfect. I like how the elevator just keeps going. And it goes for like, like 10 minutes, the... yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is going on? Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, that is a great part, too. The I don't know. so impressive in those games, too. I, I still have to vote for Kayla um, Transport, because uh, teleports you there that you have no bonfire, and, you're, and you can't leave until you escape, and the enemies are really strong. So usually right. you're... you're I, I just think that's just like such a FromSoft mind trick that I, I, I that's my vote. So it's it's a good one. I'm I'm thinking about deferring my vote, but I want to see what Aaron votes for first. I think Underground Elevator. As you said that, I was like, oh yeah, duh. That was by far the most surprising thing that happened to me this year. Like I I, I would, uh, but but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the big with the uh, transport. I'm okay with the Peridolia. Per- so per- I just want to say, like, if Elden Ring hadn't come Dolia. out this year, I would pick the the butterfly puzzle, like in a heartbeat mm-hmm. just like for the record i think it's that good but yeah uh, i was just really blown away by the other one so where we all stand i don't know man i think aaron might be the uh i don't know i love the underground elevator a lot but i feel like the chest that transports you to caleb was like not just from a gameplay standpoint but from like an internet standpoint just kind of broke the internet for a while like a lot, a lot of people were like, "Oh, this game's not that hard," and then they get to the chest, and then they're like, "What the fuck?" I don't know. I feel like it should be the chest. All right, gonna pick one. I think I think you you gentlemen have decided it is the Elden Ring transportation chest, though that that butterfly puzzle and the uh, underground elevator were pretty fucking cool too. Yeah, I think that that feel that feels right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So this is this is a category that is uh, a little funny. Best game we didn't play or didn't play much of, but wish we had. So what, what were the big uh, blind spots that we had this year? What what was the game that that Jump Crouch as a podcast ought to have played but didn't, yeah. or didn't spend that much time with? If we did, because yeah, mine's Demon Souls. <laughs> that didn't come out this year. Um, it didn't. No. Oh, you're right. It was last. It came out two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. 2020 okay, well, came out with the launch. The best year of the game of this year that I wanted to play was Demon Souls. I was hoping it would come out on Steam this year, which would have counted, but it didn't. Um, from this list, 
I'm gonna say. Well, we we should lead read the nominees. Read the okay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Who's reading? Uh, I'll read it. Yeah, go for it. Go so for it. the first game is Sifu, martial arts uh, third person action game. Actually, that is a game I wanted to play. Ghostwire Tokyo, which I did play some of. Uh, Norco, which I'm not sure what that is. Is it the show with the? It's a point and click adventure. I played a little bit of it. Uh, Drew Drew Baldwin talks about it on our gotcha. podcast. Uh, Citizen yeah. Sleeper, not familiar with that. That's kind of like a Disco Elysium sort of RPG, mm. like very text-heavy RPG. Interesting. Uh, the Case of the Golden Idol. It's another adventure game. Hmm. Xenoblade Chronicles 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Triangle Strategy. That That's... is a uh, tactical RPG for the Switch made by the team that made Octopath Traveler that has like an insane tilt-shift art style and has that grid-based tactical RPG stuff that I love so much. Hyperdemon. Uh, I actually now have played enough of this game to say I could remove it from this list and that it's fucking amazing. But you guys okay. should play it. It's the, uh, it's the successor to Devil Daggers. Very, uh, very Dwarf successfully Fortress. so. Yes, um, I bought this. Okay. Dwarf Fortress... That's a good choice. Plague, Plague Tale Requiem. Any yeah. thoughts on that game? No? Uh, Dying Light 2. Uh, I, I, play, I played a few hours of it. I'd like to play more, but it just kept getting uh, pushed away by other things. Well, I think I know what I'm going to select. I'm going to go select? with, based on Drew telling me that I have to play this game and based on Nexlander being obsessed with this game, I think we should have played Norco. I think I, Norco. I think I, I, I think I just ran out of, you know, after playing Pentiment and after playing Immortality, I think I just kind of like my indie quota of non-violent video games where you just kind of sit and read and watch stuff kind of got exhausted from those games so i just didn't have the juice to play norco but i feel like i should have played it yeah i tried it and i had the same feeling i was like i could be shooting people in the head right now <laughs> exactly <So>. yeah <laughs> um mine is probably going to be dwarf fortress uh yeah systems so many systems layer like like immersive sim times like 400 it's like the most systems based game ever made just, right just sim <laughs> yeah just, but it's like extreme sim like like every uh, de- everything is detailed to a point of where this the systems come together to tell these crazy stories that are somewhat believable and human i've, I've been told and i've read some mm-hmm. some interesting stories so i'm gonna say i don't know if it's a kevin game but i'm very interested in it nonetheless i think it's a really original cool game that i would like to try so my votes for yeah Rangers. Yeah, uh, so I, I bought Dwarf Fortress because it was released on Steam. It's worth saying that it didn't actually come out this year, but the Steam version right. with a UI and graphics and all that came out this year. And I tried to play it, and I was like, oh, I want to play this. And then it was like, oh, my God, what the fuck am I doing? Like, it's this is the usable, the, the more user-friendly version. I was still like, I need to watch, like, six hours of YouTube. To, maybe not that, but, like, maybe a 20-minute YouTube tutorial before I really play it. Um, but... Hmm. I don't know, man. I tried playing Citizen Sleeper, and I was like, oh, God, there's something about games where I'm just reading that I, I don't know. I don't know if I can get into them. I keep trying, and I keep thinking, because I like reading books, but, like, reading, like, Choose Your Own Adventure games, I love the idea, but they just don't. Maybe Dwarf Fortress um, will be for you, then. <laughs> a lot of reading in that game, right? Yeah, but there's also a lot of planning and strategy and stuff. Okay. 
Gotcha. Which Just I love, right? So I love. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of dialogue in Dwarf Fortress. I think there's a lot of like dialogue boxes, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually think Hyper Demon would be because Hyper Demon. Okay, we love Kevin and I love uh, um, Devil Daggers. Devil Daggers and Hyper Demon is like it actually is a very good sequel to Devil Daggers. It basically because Devil Daggers like the, the it's so simple and it's it's deep, but it also like can get very repetitive. Hyper Demon kind of mixes it up and makes it so there's it can be a little fresh each run. And there's so, a lot, there's just a lot more skill and stuff. So I I don't even know. I'm kind of fucking things up here, aren't I? Well. It's kind of a tough category because it's also hypo- It's very hypothetical. It's more kind of just based on like what we really felt like we should have played um, to really have the best, what, most. E- yeah, I mean, well, like so. Aaron, yours is Hyper Demon. Kevin, yours is Dwarf Fortress. Mine is Norco. Although, uh, really, mine's Dwarf Fortress. <laughs> well, then we should just give it to Dwarf the Fortress then. Uh, a game that we right. really feel like we should have played. Yeah. I, I will watch that six hour long tutorial video and put some time into Dwarf Fortress at some point this year because uh, it's uh, it, it looks pretty fun but it's definitely it's definitely a lot I also kind of want to play Ghostwire Tokyo not, not that we have to give it the award just because I feel like it, it's weird though because everyone keeps saying it's bad so it's kind of destroying oh, yeah. my expectations of it, but whatever. Yeah, that's how I felt when I played. Yeah. I'm like, I just didn't grab. It's not. I don't. I want. I just want to play. It's Tango. I like Tango, but I'm, I feel. I feel conflicted on that game. I heard it's mediocre. I, I do want to play Norco. I just need to be in the right space for a uh, point-and-click adventure game where you have to like. It's like literally you're playing King's Quest from 1992 kind of okay. game, but you know, with a cool like uh, cyberpunk Louisiana Southern Gothic thing going on. So, pretty cool setting, uh, but it's, oof, I don't know, I was just not ready for that at the time. Yeah. It, it, I, th- yeah, I think for me, I have like a quota of about one or two of those this year. And for that, for me, it was Pentiment and Immortality that I, yeah. that I played. Anyway, anyway, moving on. Yeah. Okay. Um, best remake, remaster, re release. Uh, who wants to read these? I could do it. Change it up. Tell us about it. The Last of Us Part 1. Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe. Though you could arguably call that a sequel. Yeah, I need to put (laughs) on that on the last list. That's the game I want to play. It's like like two hours long, Kevin. You could could play it in an afternoon. Um, You you could say it's a sequel, but anyway. Uncharted Collection. Uncharted Collection, which actually came out this year. I totally forgot. Tactics Ogre Reborn. Is that true? Is that a remaster yeah, it's remake? A re- yeah, it's like a PS1 yeah, yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It's a, no, it's a Super Nintendo game. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, shit. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. Callisto Protocol, which is that's, a famous that's... remake of Dead Space. <laughs> yeah, definitely <laughs> put not. That, put that here. <laughs> Aaron, for sure. <laughs> I see an LOL next to yeah. us. I'm assuming it was Aaron. Um. <laughs> The Resident Evil 2 and 3 next-gen upgrade, update. Um, Ray tracing. Does Village count for this category with the third-person mode, or no? Ah, sure. We could put it there. All right. All right. I think it should be separate from the other ones, though. Yeah, yeah, it's something. I mean, that's like Uh, a game mode, but... It just changed the game. I guess it's a little wobbly. Yeah. Okay, okay. Sure. It's not really... But it's the same assets 
All right. It's well, not we a remake. It it's, it's like a new way to play the game. It's, yeah, it's a new mode. Right. All right, we'll skip it for now. Uh, the Witcher 3 and then Dwarf Fortress. Is that also a remake? I did not know that. So it's, it's not a remake, but it's a graphical upgrade. It went from oh, gotcha, ASCII gotcha. art to... It's like... It's almost a remake at that point. They, they added a they added graphics to again it didn't have graphics so yeah yeah they, it, it's it's a dramatic overhaul of the game it's probably the most dramatic overhaul of any of these games but uh so i don't well, know if i can can i vote for resident evil 3 because i played it on pc which didn't get a next gen upgrade because it already no it got ray tracing all right i'm voting resident evil 3 then <laughs> uh, okay i i'm gonna say Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe just because like I mean I, I just thought it was a really creative use of being a purported purported remake but not really and I but but then again it kind of goes down to is it really a, a, a remaster remake and not just a stealth sequel I don't know um, it's a stealth sequel it has it has many hours of content that was not in the original game yeah, it should we should we, should it should it qualify then? Do you but it also like, has the Stanley Parable in it, so it's kind of a weird uh, edge case. I don't know. I guess, I guess for going above and beyond, I would give it to Stanley Parable. But if we're just going proper remaster remake, I'd give it to the Resident Evil. Two the, okay, let me let me let me try to persuade you guys here. Let's talk about a couple things first. Let's talk about the Last of Us before we remove it. The Last of Us. A lot of people are like, oh, this game, even I, nine-year-old game, does it need a remake? No, it doesn't need a remake necessarily. But the graphics are better, but that's not the big part. They change the combat mechanics and AI so that it feels substantively different to play. It feels almost more like a DLC for The Last of Us Part Two, at least in those combat sections. And it makes, uh, it makes the game a lot more playable for people who found the original version to be less pleasant to play. So we can get rid of that, but I, I think it actually... Did, it did more work than I had hoped it might. So is that um, your vote then, The Last of Us Part One? Because no, of no, the, no. I'm just, no. I'm just giving it a. I, I'm cutting it, but saying, we, it, it should, it should get some, some, some commentary. Uh, sure. Okay, Uncharted Collection. Fuck that shit. 120 FPS on PS5 <laughs> though. Like that's fine. Uh, but I played that this year. It was pretty fun. I played. Uh, I think I played it in January, right? The, um, the, this, the, the most recent one. What's it called with the two? Lost Legacy. Women? Lost Legacy. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty fun. I liked it. Uh, Tactics Ogre is a Super Nintendo game that was ported to the PSP in 2011 or 13, and then completely remade and and ported to uh, everything. And it is it is it's like a classic that's been lost time and mm. brought back. Like they they changed so much about the game. I would I would almost say that I love that game, but like, like okay. So let me make one more argument. Resident Evil Two and Three they just added ray tracing and sixty FPS. That's why Village. It was already like, sixty like, FPS. What are you Village talking about? Is like they remade the game. They had to remake the whole game for a third person. Apparently, it was, they say it was as much work as making a new game to get Ethan really? a third person. So they said. So you're saying we oh. should put it in this category? Saying, I'm saying maybe we should because uh, the, the effort on Village is higher than the remakes for the. Yeah, but it's it's a crappy game. It's just no, a bad not. game. I'm gonna go for Village. It's a, re- it's a really bad Re- Re- Village. Resident Evil Village is like my favorite Resident Evil game. I love that game. This is such a troll, <laughs> troll state. It's yeah. so good. It's so Get good. But but my vote uh, goes with Stanley Parable. I think Stanley Parable should win. Hmm. Yeah. I'm voting for Parable. Village because I beat it three times when they released third person mode, like back to back. 
So <laughs> I mean, played that game three times after they released their person mode. Yeah, I was like, oh, I can now play this game. I think they have hotlines for that, Kevin. For Stand Resident Evil addiction, maybe <laughs> for masochism. <laughs> Resident Resident Evil Village. Ethan Winters controls amazing in that game, and the combat is tight as fuck. Yeah, it's good. I'm it's really that. good. All right, I Stanley mean, Parable is the winner. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah let's do it. The village should it. be the runner-up. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's fine. I haven't played Stanley Parable, and I, and I believe it. So, like, you know, I can support that in yeah. good faith. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stanley Parable is is good. Uh, if you haven't played it before, it's great, and it also has a stealth sequel. That's that's not so uh, secretively hidden inside the game. You can pretty easily find it. All right, Oren, uh, tell me about this next category. We have the best weapon in a game. So, as you know, to the people that listen to this podcast, we're a very like first person shooter centric podcast. We really love Doom and stuff. So, best weapon in a game. We're all about that. And I'm I'm just going to go ahead and read off the categories. No, uh, Power Wash Simulator, the Power Washer. Sniper Elite 5, the Sniper. Proteus, the Arc Rail. Though we might add more because Proteus has a lot of great weapons. It does. Cult, Cultic, the Rifle. Callisto Protocol, the Stun Baton. Vampire Survivors, the Garlic. Postal brain damaged super hooker shotgun. I love it. Okay. It shoots a hook. It's oh. <laughs> a eternal shotgun. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Signalis the Magnum. Um, and then uh, The Last of Us Nail Bombs. Uh, this is a good one. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like one we could add is the, even though it's not a gun, if we're going to do the stun baton and Callisto protocol, the stun baton and signalis is also pretty rad. Um, mm, it that's is. true. It's when you have that, it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to use this. Yeah. I, uh, what's it, I hoarded what's that it even through the called? whole game, though. Is, is it called, called just the stun baton? The stun baton? I think it's called yeah. the stun baton, yeah. Um, Here, I'll, I'll put that in there. But anyway, Aaron, I'm going to defer to you. What's your first vote? I already know what I'm voting for. But. Okay, let's, let's, let's talk about some good ones here. Uh, the rifle in Caltic is probably my vote because it's just overpowered as fuck. You can headshot people across the map. It feels crazy good. It's like, it's, 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 it's a little broken how good it is. It's like the pistol in Halo. Good. Yeah, yeah. like he- super, uh, super deadly. Yeah, I think they've actually nerfed the amount of ammo you get for it recently because it was uh, it was too it was a little too much. But it's super fun to use. Uh, let's just eliminate this. Let's let's mention it and, and eliminate it. The nail bombs in The Last of Us One and Two now. It's how much fun is it to throw a nail bomb at a group of people and just see a pile of just really photorealistic looking dead people with their arms blown off and and their faces all burned and stuff. The uh, that's the nail bomb satisfies every time. Yeah, I used it. I used it every time I could make one. I used all the resources to make them in the second game. So yeah, I, I definitely really like the nail bomb. I, I have to give that one a nod. Also, uh, uh, the last the Last of Us shotgun is also amazing. I love the Last of Us shotgun. It's a good yeah. shotgun. Uh, the garlic and vampire survivors is that the weapon you would pick, Kevin? No, I would pick the uh, Song of Mana. Song of Mana. Yeah, which one like shoots up and down? Up and down. Yeah, I don't even know if I've from... unlocked that yet. Oh, that's the weapon. When you get that, it's hmm. like I'm adding it. Song of Mana. Um. So, 
a couple I want to mention. The, the Postal Brain Damage Shotgun is the Doom Eternal Shotgun, but you can use it to, like, fly through the... Like, you can use it to pull yourself through the level. Like, it kind of turns into, like, almost like rocket jumping. So it's a really cool creative weapon. It's, like, a really cool ripoff. Like, it's a very creative ripoff weapon. So I thought they did a good job with that. My... Uh, and also, definitely, the Proteus Arc Rail, the Proteus Shotgun is also really good. The Sniper, re- sniper Elite Sniper Rifle is, like, one of the best headshotting sniper it's just like that thing is just a rail gun you know uh i think my choice so though is going to be the callisto protocol stun baton like that is the mm. weightiest heaviest melee attack like oh my gosh like i've every time you hit the enemy with that like i would like lean in with it to like <laughs> smashing <laughs> those awesome. creatures so my vote has to be the callisto protocol stun baton i'm gonna go with the power wash the power washer from power wash simulator and my i know it's not going to win but my argument for it is that uh it surprised me the most and that it made me realize as i was playing it okay i'm washing stuff but this is technically a first person shooter and it feels like one but i'm shooting surfaces instead of uh enemies enemy sprites you know you're, so I, you're weaponizing I, I, water yeah it's it, it gamified and weaponized water so that is my pick, but if I had to do a second deferential pick, I would do the sniper from Sniper Elite Five, just because it rocks in the whole game. It's it's the Mortal Kombat sniper. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> is. <laughs> Those X-ray moves. Yeah, it's uh, so good. <laughs> before we before we make a decision, I do want to point out. I just the Magnum and Signalis is not really original, but it's just a Magnum. But like the reload animation on it was so ASMR sensual beautiful looking and sounding that I, I was just like oh that's great um hmm, hmm, i don't know man the rifle and cultic's good but it's overpowered the stun baton is surprising in that it actually was pretty fun to use uh, but the sniper rifle and sniper elite i feel like sniper elite is the underdog of these awards it's not it's not really making its due i'm not i don't know guys persuade me Kevin, 30 seconds, go. Uh, the stun baton, you can just feel the cracks, man. It's like it's, it's I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing punch out with the stun baton against monsters. I don't know. I just I just love that a game where I can run with the shotgun. Instead, I'm using the shotgun to run with the stun baton and smash their faces and I just think that there's something genius about that. <laughs> so. Okay, so so my argument Aaron for the sniper is remember or it could like, be for the power wash, but yeah. Sorry. I'm gonna go for the sniper because I, I I can't make a good enough argument for the power washer. But like the like imagine like the first time you got like a 700 yard sniper shot and how good that felt. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Like like you taking into account the wind, the distance, the bullet drop, and you land that amazing shot. It's it's oh. the best feeling. All right, let me let me let me let me jump on that because I remember actually we should have talked about this best hangout game because I played this game with both of you guys. But Orin and I were playing a game of Sniper Elite and we got invaded, and a dude got in the most predictable position on a tower, and Orin baited him out, and I got like a I don't know, many very very far like I don't know exactly what it was, but six seven hundred yards or something shot like across the map, and then the slow mo kill and his head exploded. And that was uh, that was more fun than anything that happened in the Callisto Protocol. Hell yeah, Sniper Elite wins, I say. But I, I do like the, the stun baton. I, I yeah. do like I like Sniper Elite uh, Sniper a lot. It's a good one. 
Hey guys, it's Mike here with my top 5 games of 2022. Number 5, Immortality. Great game. I'm a fan of old FMV games from the 90s, and this hit the spot. For a few hours I thought I was playing it wrong, until it got weird. Then I became obsessed with finding all the anomalies in the footage. I really felt like Marissa was a real person. Number 4, Signalis. Absolutely fantastic horror sci-fi in the vein of Resident Evil. It does so many things well, and I was engrossed in the story itself. Number three, Power Wash Simulator. This shouldn't be a surprise for me, but the game has provided me with hours of entertainment and relaxation. It's also a great entry game for non-gamers. I even got my wife to play it. Number two, Pentiment. Such a gem. I was happy to come on the podcast and talk about it. It was my Disco Elysium of 2022. From petting animals to hearing August say I love you daddy, it was one of the best adventure games I've ever played. Number one is Elden Ring. No shock here. I play this game casually at this point, and with over 500 hours of game time, I've had a blast making different builds and co-oping with my daughter and friends. That's for that's it for me. Thanks guys. See you later. All right, Oren, special category this year. Uh, do you want to you tell me about it? All right. I have a special category, Oren Lux, Best Hyper Masculine Male of the Year. I'm not here to promote toxic masculinity. That's not the point. But I do want to celebrate the old tradition in video games of having ridiculously over-the-top masculine men. And this that's what this category is for. So... Without further ado, uh, we have Sniper Elite 5, Carl Fairburn, Thor. He's from a Go- positive masculinity, I think. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's, he's a, he's, he's, Carl's he's a, a positive. Yeah, he's a good guy. It, it could be ne- it could be bad masculinity or positive. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll figure it out. Anyway, Carl Fairburn from Sniper Elite 5, Thor from God of War Ragnarok, Jack... <laughs> From Stranger of Paradise, <laughs> Final Fantasy Origin, let's go. Uh, the entire cast of Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> Definitely. Ethan Winters from Village, the Village DLC, Shadows of Rose. And then Postal Dude from Postal Brain Damaged. So those are our category. Those are our votes, or our nominees, rather. Uh, I'm not going to say what my pick is. I want to hear Kevin first and then Aaron. Uh, so Postal Dude, I'm gonna say no. <laughs> He's a bit annoying. <laughs> you can uh, turn his quips down, actually, the percentage of how often he quips. So you can make him quit after everything he does, or very little. So I turn him down to one percent. So he only quips every like ten minutes, which is just enough. Um, he's funny. He's a good satire. He's like a satire of Duke Nukem. So he's like a satire of a satire, basically. <laughs> but he's just like a psychopath. But uh, my, uh, I, I. From what I have seen, like I have to just mention Jack from Final Fantasy Origins, just because that initial. I didn't play the game, <laughs> but the trailer of "I'm Here to Kill Chaos" is just way too f- funny. So should I not give my pick yet until we've all talked about it? Or do I give my pick now? Well, um, it's up to you. My I, choice, I do. Wa- yeah. yeah, my choice is yeah, no, definitely yeah, give Carl your Fairburn. Uh, oh, let's go. because he absolutely represents everything I love about Medal of Honor era 2000s shooters. Like he's just the like main soldier guy. He has a low voice. He's like a secret officer. He's basically uh, he's kind of like a mix of, of BJ Blazkowicz and um, what's his name? Who's the main character from uh, Medal of Honor? I forget his name. It was Patterson. Uh, oh yeah, he's just Patterson. Like, he's just yeah. the like the like you know 
<laughs> soldier character, but he's like a little more secret agent-y. So, right. I, I, and his voice is just, come on. <laughs> How can you not nominate it? I can not choose him. Oh, oh my God. The Nazis, they're going to bomb Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... I, I think that's a great choice, Carl Fairburn. I'm gonna, but I do want to hear Aaron's pick. All right, the the uh, I don't remember what his name, but I believe he's a Mexican special forces guy in Modern Warfare Two. That you go on the mission to Mexico and you like jump the Is border. It Alejandro? Is that his name? Yeah, I'm it must be Alejandro. See the guy who looks like Eric Bana in the multiplayer. No, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, I I don't know the name of this character. Let's see. Let me. Uh, I'm gonna fact check it. I think it's Alejandro. Fact check this. Yeah, Alejandro Vargas. Yeah, yeah, that guy is pretty rad. Um, he's uh, he's definitely just a badass. Uh, I, I liked him. Uh, I uh, I kind of uh, I think I'm like sixty percent hate and forty percent like. I think his name's Ghost, the dude that wears a mask. Why the fuck does he wear a mask? Because how can anybody take that seriously? He's an edgy like, he, shooter character. Everything he has to say is just like he's just so annoyed. He's just like, oh fuck, yeah, with his ghost is but, like the biggest dork of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, agreed. Uh, so okay, Carl Fairburn, like his his voice is literally like five octaves lower than mine, and um, <laughs> it's it's uh, I don't know. He's pretty amazing. I, there's a little bit of a discontinuity with his voice and his face. I don't know why, but uh, I I uh, I like Carl Fairburn. He's he's a he's a, an example. Paradigmatic example of uh, positive masculinity. He's a good dude. He's fun. He's cool. He uh, kills Nazis. Who doesn't love that? He's he's mm-hmm. a stealth action star. I don't know, man. It's a toss up between those two for me. Alejandro and him. That is. I'm gonna. For me, I, my two picks. I mean, it's, it sounds like it's gonna go for Carl Fairburn, but I'm gonna give a give the, my other pick. It's his due. I think in terms of positive masculinity. Carl Fairburn is great because he's all about, you know, using masculinity to kill white supremacists and Nazis, and he's awesome, and he's good at it. But Jack from Stranger of Paradise is just the apex of ridiculous masculinity. Just over-the-top, dumb, stupid, playing Limp Biscuit, saying <laughs> bullshit all the time. N- taking no shit from it like i don't care about your crystals i don't give a fuck about your crystals it's all bullshit i'm just here to kill demons that's what jack is but carl fairburn should take it in my opinion so it's carl all right Fairburn's. so have you dubbed the winner carl fairburn carl fairburn the hyper masculine male of the year though right. so jack and alejandro you guys are pretty cool too <laughs> Well, Jack's not cool, but he's fun. Uh, <laughs> all right, Jack is all right. ridiculous. That's what I have to say. Uh, Kevin, what is our next category? Best multiplayer game. Um, which is self-explanatory. I don't think I need to say anything more than that. We got uh, Sniper Elite 5. Great co-op. Very fun. Has Invasions 2. Modern Warfare 2. Surprisingly fun for a Call of Duty game. Power Wash Simulator. Which has co-op, right? Two-player? Yeah. Elden Ring, of course. It's famous Dark Souls multiplayer. As Dusk Falls. How does the multiplayer work in this game? Is it just you uh, turn? Oh, it, it, so it, you can play online. You can play in the same room. You can play with up to eight people using a combination of controllers or phones. 
and uh, and it basically has like a, ch- a ranked voice, uh, ranked voice, ranked ranked choice voting system kind of thing mechanic that works so that when you come to a tricky decision, people have to vote, and it's uh, it's not ranked choice, it's just a choice, but it's um, it's a pretty good multiplayer game. Uh, also, next is the Quarry, which has similar multiplayer to Dust Falls. Actually, basically, people pick a character and then they get to choose what happens with that character so people like from what i understand when you play a multiplayer people can disagree with on the actions they should take and it causes in-game story conflict which i think is a cool thing mm, that um, is interesting. and then after that we have cs go overwatch too which uh, i don't think csgo came out this year <laughs> if, I, if i remember correctly <laughs> who put it there i don't know that's strange i think it must have been uh, aaron if i had to guess <laughs> what an odd choice okay i think we could remove that one but uh that's that's my multiplayer game of the year um yeah what do you guys think elden ring i don't know man i feel like it should be sniper elite 5 sniper elite 5 was a fucking blast but like that would but sniper elite man winning three categories in a row that'd be amazing (laughs) what do you think aaron Man, uh, okay, so Modern Warfare 2 was fun. As Dusk, as dusk Falls in the quarry, I, I do like playing those. Those games are, are elevated when you play with people, I think. They're, I think they're maybe not as fun on their own. Um, Elden Ring was fun. I played it a lot less in multiplayer, in part because I played it on PS5, which was my own fault. I also had a PC version. But also, I don't know, that game, I didn't love the multiplayer as much. Like I found the PvP to be not so much fun, and um, I don't know. I, I just ended up like it wasn't as fun as previous Souls games for multiplayer for me. Sniper Elite, uh, it's like you get to play Metal Gear Solid Five slash Hitman in multiplayer with Dark Souls invasions. That that was really cool and a World War Two setting. So I would say Sniper Elite Five. I I if I had to take one for multiplayer, I would take that game. That would be crazy if it won, because that means, yeah, three categories in a row for Sniper Elite 5. That's insane. I love it. What do you think, Kevin? Um, I like Sniper Elite 5's multiplayer. Um, I find the evasions to be hit or miss, as they were in Elden Ring, actually. Um, cheesy campers sniping me. Or people who are rushing, and we had, we had some good multiplayer moments, but the co-op was great. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, like... If I think of like my Sniper Elite multiplayer experiences compared to my Elden Ring multiplayer experiences, which I played through with multiple friends, played through with my girlfriend, I spent a lot of time in multiplayer this game. Like to me, they're not comparable. Like, El- mm. like Sniper Elite is cool and a, like, a fun novelty. Like I definitely enjoyed it, but like Elden Ring is just Elden Ring. I mean, it's it's not. It's just not. They're not comparable to me, to be honest. So, my vote is definitely Elden Ring. Yeah. Well, it's tough because. I did have a lot of fun helping people in Elden Ring fight like the Elden Beast and fight, um, you know, Godric and all those people, all those bosses. That was a lot of fun. And that, that took up probably like 20 to 30 hours of my Elden Ring experience. I will say there was something so thrilling about Sniper Elite 5, though, that like when you are invaded and then taking out the invader was just a really satisfying feeling and could like it just there were a lot of oh shit moments and a lot of tension that i haven't really experienced in the game recently so i don't know i think my vote might still just be sniper elite 5 but i see what you mean kevin elden ring is kind of the whole package Hmm. for sure 
I just think like yeah. how many open world co-op games like of this scale exist like Elden Ring like I that, not a lot yeah but it's kind of wonky the way you open at least the open world co-op part um, I felt like that's what I did the least but uh, to be fair I actually probably spent way more time playing co-op I forgot about all the times I helped people fight bosses and um, hmm I don't know. I I want to be I want to be like if it was just my personal choice, I would actually say Sniper Elite because I like the multiplayer more. But I want to be somewhat objective, and Kevin seems to feel very strongly about Elden Ring. So I'm I don't know, man. Uh, like uh, I, I also love FromSoft f- games, so it's like that's also a thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems like you feel more strongly about it than we do about Sniper Elite 5. However, if we're going by democracy <clears throat> rules... Yeah, so I mean, it's if tough. you guys both are voting for Sniper Elite, then that's what should be the pick. However, it sounds like you feel more strongly about just Elden Ring in general than we would about Sniper Elite 5, so it's, right. it's a tough call. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I love Sniper Elite 5. The but, thing with multiplayer but, is, like, it, it obviously depends on who you play with. Like, you know, I have I have friends who, like, we dedicate time to play this game. So, and, and like there's no there's really other than other FromSoft games there's not a lot of games that we can get this even really FromSoft games it's not open world so mm. I just think I just think the caves you think all the mm-hmm. time there's just so much things you can do in that game and that game I think also you can do a lot of time hanging out it's hard it's just for me it's a no brainer for me it's okay well then here here's what I'll say I, I will I will give you my vote if you can t- tell me why you think this is better than other Souls games because I don't know if I had that experience but what do you think made it better um specifically the multiplayer i, I don't think it's world. the multiplayer yeah. necessarily better than other souls games but i think it offers okay. a different experience because you have this you have this experience of like going through the world and like experiencing like 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 hey we don't go this way do you want to go this way oh i know where there's a cave that we can go get these items where you can you can, you can then buy titanite shards i'll show you where it is and we can go like run there and have a journey which is something that you cannot do in, in dark souls dark souls you move through kind of more smaller linear maps Whereas this game, it's like, hey, you want to go fight the dragon over there? Oh, no, let's go fight these things, these weird, like, ant things over here. Or let's go do, like, I just think that that experience is uh, unique to Elden Ring. Um, so, have to give it to... Uh, I will push back a little bit on Elden Ring's multiplayer, though. I still think Elden Ring has, like, a lot of bullshit with the multiplayer that should not be a problem at this point. Like, Completely agree. Why, why do I need an item? Why do, we, do I, why do I need this furled finger to summon somebody? Like, why is that a thing? That I was not just be a thing? saying yesterday. I'm like, I felt like, why did they port the Dark Souls multiplayer? Like, why didn't they fix it? Why isn't it like, why is it, can I just summon someone we can just play through the game? Why do we have to like stop everywhere? Why does it have to be this way? Why do I get just yeah. all the time? Why is the invader so cheesy? Like, there's definitely bad parts, but like, to me, like, the good parts are still so good that like, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Mm. Uh, Sniper Elite Five has bullshit too. To be fair, yeah. I still think I still think like Sniper yeah. Elite Five, like the game plays like GTA Five. Like it just doesn't feel great to pl- play as Carl Fairburn all the no, time. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes like you'll accidentally hang on a ledge when you really just want to crouch. You know, it's that so sort clunky. of thing. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's tough. It's tough. My vote still Sniper Elite Five, but it, if, I mean, I could see deferring it to Elden Ring. I don't know. <sighs> Uh, here's what I will say. Kevin and I had some great Sniper Elite rounds. Warren and I had one or two good Sniper Elite rounds. But I definitely saw Kevin playing Elden Ring constantly with different people 
and and it was like a big part of his year. It wasn't a big part of my year in the way it was his, but like I do feel like it was such like that was a big like that was probably the game he played the most multiplayer this year, maybe. Oh, um, like ten times easily. And even though I have a lot of problems with it and don't think it's as much fun as maybe other Souls games in multiplayer, I I think I think I think because Kevin's more passionate about it, like like I don't know if I'm going to end up playing a lot more Sniper Elite. But uh, Kevin will definitely play more Elden Ring. So, Elden Ring, you get yeah, cement it. Yeah, yeah, it sounds okay. good. I think Elden Ring with Sniper Elite Five as a close runner-up. I think that's pretty good. All right. Yeah. Um. So, one of my favorite things that happened this year, and it's a thing I feel like I've been asking the ether to have happen for a long time, <laughs> is that many different old school genres were sort of like brought back to life uh by different indie developers right so there was a lot of like retro games there's a lot of the the shooters the retro shooters but also we saw like maybe one of the best survival horror games ever made came out this year uh we saw really incredible fmv games and then we saw people use that style that sort of retro style and that feel to make new types of games like teardown so this category is uh, maybe a little in need of, of some clarification. <laughs> what is this category? <laughs> Tell me the category. I don't know what the category is. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, yeah, I, I could I could explain. It. Basically, what we're gonna do is we have a twin category where we're gonna talk about the best throwback game, but we're also gonna talk about the best retro game design, more the artistic side of it. So like one is like generally the best atavistic game that's harkening back to older times while the other one's more like the visual style is that right. how i under is that correct aaron i think you i think you nailed it better than i could uh who wants to read these uh these uh contestants <laughs> nominees i'll do it um, i'll do it oh yeah kevin you do it i'll do it why not kevin you got it uh so okay. first off we got proteus amazing doom clone signalis certainly a survival horror game Tunic, Zelda-ish, Zelda Souls, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cultic, amazing. I live fear. again, again. <laughs> Not fear. Fear. Um, blood. Blood. Wrong. Yeah. Wrong model. I was right. I was the right developer though. Yeah, you're, uh, you're right. Faith, hard to describe. Atari kind of game with with yeah, rotoscoped cutscenes that look awesome. Uh, Roller Drome, Quake. Doom Eternal on skates, Tony Hawk. Quake Three, Doom Eternal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Tony Hawk. Uh, Gloomwood, Thief with a little system shock. Uh, Triangle yeah. Strategy. Uh, like what? Vandal Hearts. Mm-hmm. Throwback. Yeah. Uh, Hyper Demon. Doom Eternal mixed with. I don't. It's like Devil Daggers. It doesn't look that retro. I actually think that that maybe doesn't belong in this category because it's it's it is not. It's no longer retro. It's yeah. just modern. Uh, Postal so, brain damaged. Uh, Doom Quake clone completely. Dwarf Fortress. Uh, simulation super in depth, hmm. but with, with okay. So that no was for the art. Key. Okay, not so that the game design. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Pentiments for the game design, not for the art. How the opposite? Because Pentiments an adventure game, right? Like, like through and through yeah. a classic adventure game, but the art's obviously very modern and high fidelity. Well, well, the art the the art is like a manuscript, so it's the th- it's a throwback yeah. to the fifteenth century. Okay, but yes. not, not okay. So it's not retro. <laughs> it's more like historical. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, immortality, puzzle game, with FMV gameplay, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like the surreal, FMV. like meta kind of things happening too. Uh, Chop goblins, nineties FPS where you can't jump. <laughs> Iron lung. <laughs> uh, it was like a puzzle submarine game. Yeah, so it's a game that takes place in one little room, and it's entirely like, like implied what what's happening, or not implied, but like like you don't see anything other than you take these photos outside of your submarine because your submarine's uh, sealed because of the pressure, and you're this, cool. in this blood ocean, and uh, I don't know, pretty cool game. That is also cool. David Simansky. So the the thing with these games is they're different genres. So, well, it's going to be obviously. <clears throat> I mean, all this is subjective, but this is like a little more subjective, even maybe. So let's start game. with throwback throwback game. Okay. And then we'll look at throwback art. Okay. So so what are what are what are some what are like your t- your top contenders for the best throwback genre Oren? Uh you know what? Looking at this list, if we're just saying in general best throwback genre, I feel like we I, I would give it to Pentiment. Because Pentiment really captures the feeling of like it's the mid nineties the mid nineties, you're playing on your, you know, MacBook or whatever. Your MacBook. <laughs> your MacBook. <laughs> I don't know. And and you're playing a point and click adventure uh-huh. with and it just it just captures that feeling so okay. much. But it also feels modern and it's also hmm. doing it extremely well. So it's like a, it, it's a it was a better escape from Monkey Island game this year than the actual escape from monkey island um hmm. so not that i played a lot of that game but uh, right i would say i would say pentiment sentiment pentiment is the most cd-rom ass game i've ever played at least in recent uh, memory okay interesting well how about what are a couple games that you think maybe you, you want to shout out but that you think don't win the category um you know i, I don't think immortality like you know, as a throwback or as an art style, I think. I mean, like, I fucking love that game, and you'll find out why later. But I don't think it would it, it belongs winning this category, even though I think it does a great job throw, uh, taking the FMV genre, which a lot of people have written off as being, you know, a thing of the past, but being like, oh, you actually can do an FMV game, and it's amazing. So, but I don't know if I would give it to either of these categories. Uh, I think... Signalis and Proteus are also oof, those are also really great throwbacks. I don't know, man. Signalis isn't is like one of the best Resident Evil games. In some ways it is the best Resident Evil game. So maybe Signalis. Fuck. It's tough. I don't know. I need to hear some arguments. Who wants to All go right. next? <laughs> yeah. Kevin, tell me tell me some strong picks and then tell me your strongest pick. Um okay. Uh, strong picks would definitely be the retro FPS games, Postal Brain Damaged, uh, Proteus, and Cultic. I think those are probably the three best uh, retro FPSs of this year. I think the three of them are probably some of the best retro FPSs around. I think they probably would make like a list of top ten, maybe top fifteen of the like. I think they're better than most of the non-id '90s iterations of those games. So, uh. I'd say all of them are very well done. I think Postal has uh, actually really good graphics, even though it's like very ugly at the same time. Like kind of intentionally a little bit ugly, um, but <laughs> I, like I, I think Hyper Strange was had a pretty cool style, even though it's also like hideous at the same time. It's kind of like uh, how how 
not super meat boy um you know ed mcmillan style is like it's like a little like ugh, but it's like it's like it's well done um proteus's style is like weird 3d sprite it's a, it's a really cool look and i love this splattery gore it's like the gooeyest game ever made <laughs> and uh i definitely have to give cultic some props on its headshot splatters as well um and the graphics are cool it, it, Cultic really reminds me of like a 3D Realms game graphically. Like it looks very much like Rise of the Triad kind of. And it is a 3D Realms game. Oh yeah, it is a 3D Realms game. That's true. So it just <laughs> I think that that, that like it, Rise of the Triad I think is a game that looks the most like maybe maybe Blood as well. And they're very similar. Yeah. Looking. Yeah. Um, I think my pick in this category is gonna be Signalis. Um, uh, there's not been a lot of um, there's been a couple of survival um, horror um, throwback games like in the true survival horror style but i don't think i played one that was is true to form of resident evil and silent hill and original is signalis like signalis isn't even just visually those games it's also like it's like uh what's the anime movie with the robot girl i can't remember her name <laughs> she like breaks Go- apart ghost in the ghost shell. In yeah shell. Ghost, it's like ghost and shell yeah. a little bit and then it's like metal gear visually so uh and mechanically definitely resident evil but also thematically, it's like Silent Hill. So I think that they really kind of hit a lot of cool things with that game. Uh, so I yeah. pick is probably Signalis. Okay. Um, I think that, like, again, Cultic, Proteus, uh, I, I really love the styles of those. I actually, I really love the style of Cultic. It has a very unique look, this, like, heavy use of posterization and, and just... yeah crunchiness and and it's such a like we are we talking about game design or art <laughs> i kind of threw them together <laughs> yeah, oh, you, no it's... we're talking about throwback game in general yeah so like like cultic is such a complete package in terms of its game design because it's beginning to end it feels very consistent um which is not exactly something i can say about proteus i think proteus is maybe a stronger product at points but has some weak as kind of a weak ending kind of feels a little bit like they they ran out of uh juice or money Couldn't maybe agree more completely agree that's um, exactly how I feel I, I like postal brand damage but I keep getting there's definitely like stretches of just kind of some wonky level design early in the game that kind of lost me um, hmm. Faith is cool but it really does feel like playing an Atari game which uh, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty pretty hardcore uh, god okay so like Signalis is like the best PlayStation 1 game that wasn't didn't come out in the 90s and basically would have been the best PlayStation 1 game had it come out in the 90s uh, it's such, it's such a strong effort in terms of being a classic game and using like the tools that would have been available to somebody in the '90s, but like using them so much better uh, because just, there's just it's pulling from so many sources. Uh, like Signalis is obviously my my choice for this category. Like I've been asking for exactly this thing a a, a true survival horror game uh, that you know with like it doesn't have fixed camera angles but it does have uh use that metal gear top down style instead but like and there's been some some versions of that but none of them have been totally right they've all had kind of issues from my perspective and like this game just nails it out of the park also another thing about signalis is that i think it probably has just the best like here's the thing silent the early silent hill games and the early resident evil games have amazing puzzles and for some reason, modern Capcom does not recognize that. Like, as much as I love Resident Evil Village and Resident Evil 2 Remake, like, those games just don't 
they just they just did away with the puzzle aspect. It's just not really a part of the DNA anymore. And I love that Signalis harkens back to that, to that old school ass obscure puzzle design where you ha- where you're stuck for about ten minutes and you're just figuring it out. So I think Signalis is the best throwback game for that. I love Pentiment. That would be my choice, but I'm willing to defer my vote for Signalis. Okay, so that's that's for game. In terms of art, uh, like I, I want, I, like let me let me start. Just <laughs> I really love uh, I love the way Cultic looks. I just described it that posturized look. I, I like the way Proteus looks, but it looks kind of like a modern game engine running. It looks like some of those versions of Doom you see with like modern lighting and stuff. Like it's cool. It, it works really well. Uh, I love Teardown because it uses voxels and ray tracing to create this kind of like old new look. Um, but I, I would say my game would be Signalis, not for the moment-to-moment gameplay, but for the first-person segments. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that the first-person segments were so evocative and strong. They pull from real pieces of art sometimes, um, the, and it was just such a, like, oh, this, this, this adds so much to this game for me, and it looks so... There's, there was so much design work put into, like, the different, like, computer components and stuff and, and, and like, the composition of each place. Uh, it blew my mind. I, I kind of feel weird about giving both categories to Signalis. Like, I, I, I see what you mean. I, th- I think I'm comfortable with giving it best throwback game, but I think if I were going to give it to best art design, I'd give it to Pentiment, just because it replicates the art style of manuscripts from the 15th, 16th century so well. Mm. Uh, but I don't know. What do you think, Kevin? Um, I think... I really like how uh, Cultic has um, essentially what's like a CRT filter for its uh, graphics. Like you can basically make it so the pixels don't look as pixely through some of these filters they have. Signalis has a CRT filter as well that I think actually is like not gives you the screen curve as well, which is very interesting. Um, I think visually, I, I, I honestly like. I think the most throwbacky looking game to me of, of the games of this list is going to be Signalis too. I really like how Signalis has, so Final Fantasy seven, the, what they did for the graphics on the creatures and the characters is they like colorized the polygons. So like most of the art is like colorized polygons rather than texture mapping. And that's what they did with Signalis on the field models of the characters. So like your character, if you look at her, her face is blank. Like she does, she has that kind of like lower fidelity, field model of the old final fantasy games um and i i and i just i don't know i think that they just spent a lot of time with that i really i just really appreciate the way the game looks so i know like i've given it both of these things um categories but i think that it deserves them uh visually i think the game is very impressive in an old way so so it turns out the two categories were just an illusion all along and it's really just signalis being the best throwback (laughs) game is that what i'm hearing yeah. Yeah. Before we roll out on that, I do want to say Rollerdrome had a really awesome art style that looked like a 70s cartoon. Um, and I forgot to mention Gloomwood for both categories. Gloomwood's still in early access, so it's kind of disqualifies itself with that. But Gloomwood is an incredible uh, immer- first person immersive sim throwback that's like, it's like, oh, if Looking Glass had a little more time to make a game, this is what it would be like. And like, or, or if like there was a missing looking glass game and it's, it's, it's great. The art style is, is very functional and looks, it looks just like a nineties game. Uh, but yeah, signals, come on, seriously, come on, or come on. It's just fun. I just think it's funny. Cause 
Aaron, you propose that we do two categories, and then Signali has just won both of them. So it's like, well, <laughs> I proposed that we did with the art, the art category. You propose, well, maybe I did. I don't know, but yeah, I think it, I think it wins both. They're different categories, though. Like one is, yeah, what's what's the best throwback, and what's the best, the best use of pixel art or whatever. I dig it. So Signalis wins best retro game design and best throwback throwback game in general. <laughs> Let's go, Signalis. All right. Hey, this is Garrett, and I'm going to share with you my top five games I played during 2022. Now, number five, I have Tales of Arise. This is my first entry into the Tales series, which is a Japanese RPG series. And um, this certain entry was a lot of fun to play. I thought the world was really cool. The characters were great. The voice acting was good on both English and Japanese. And the combat was super flashy and fun. So I highly recommend it. And number four, I have Celeste. Now this game won tons of awards. It was rated very highly when it came out and I finally got around to playing it. And I highly recommend you do too if you haven't yet. The platforming is super rewarding and challenging. Story's great and the art and music are beautiful. At number three, I have Cyberpunk 2077. I played the next-gen version on PS5 and it ran great. Uh, the quests were awesome. The characters were great. Um, I just can't wait to see what uh, CD Projekt Red does with this IP. I just think there's so much potential here. At uh, number two, I have Vampire Survivors. I think this game came to a surprise to a lot of gamers in 2022. And um, man, what a perfect video game. Like all you do is move around and survive. And every single time you play every round, the game surprises you with something new, whether it's a new mechanic or weapon or just, man, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't played, but please play this game, especially if you have Game Pass. And at number one, unsurprisingly, I have Elden Ring. From Software really just knocked it out of the park with this game. Uh, the scale of the world just felt massive. The, you know, the map just kept zooming out the further and further you explored and you just felt like it was just going to keep going. And I'll never forget going down the elevator and being like, oh, wow, this game's deep. So congratulations to From Software and the team for creating this genuine masterpiece. All right. Uh, all right. So this is just a, this is a quick category before we get to the final category, which is going to be a knife fight. Uh, game of the year from another year, personal favorites. Uh, Kevin, what were the, the games that you played this year that you really liked that weren't from this year? Uh, do you want me to read just the games that I did? I added. Okay. Yeah. Um, so my games that I loved this year were, um, Resident Evil Village, the third person mode, especially, um, that gave me a whole new love for that game. Uh, also the mercenaries mode edition which was great uh resident Evil 3 remake uh went from kind of feeling mad about it to being like wow this is this is like one of the best this is like one of the most replayable games i think i've ever played uh silent hill 2 um game that i had heard about for so many years and finally got to see that it was as good as everyone said it was forever <laughs> like it deserves all that praise that it's always gotten um and also playing silent hill 2 this year with playing Signalis this year was a very interesting choice that I unintentionally made because there's a lot of interconnection between those two games that I didn't get when I played it the first time as I played Silent Hill 2 afterwards. Um, Cyberpunk 2077 as well. Uh, I had, uh, yeah, I, I'll talk about this later, but I had a lot of great experiences with that. I got a lot further in the story. 
And um, I remember last time I had some minor complaints that I still have to, about some of those things, but some other th- great things have happened, specifically with the Aldecaldos. Um, and uh, also Dark Souls. Yeah, for uh, sure. Dar- I played Dark Souls 2 with my girlfriend. We've been playing through it. And uh, going back to Dark Souls is just the best. Like, enemy swords don't explode if they swing at you. Like, they just swing and you dodge it, and that's it. There's no like, explosions. There's no one's like, throwing fire on the floor. I have to dodge. There's no all these, like, crazy spectacle. It doesn't have that, like, qu- that creep that Elden Ring has. Uh, so Dark Souls felt very refreshing, especially those boss fights. Dark Souls 2. I haven't played the other ones quite as much recently, but that would be my list. Cool. Orin? My list for favorite games that I played from another year. Um, Resident Evil Village also. Um, Resident Evil Village is kind of turning into like a top three Resident Evil game for me personally. I don't think it succeeds as a Metroidvania, obviously, or as just uh, like a puzzle-heavy game, but I think as just a gonzo-ass horror theme park ride where you just shoot shit and it feels good. I think Resident Evil Village is just... I just love playing it. Um, Resident Evil 3 Remake as well. Um, A game that... I always felt was like the bad recent Capcom game, but the more I play it, the the more I just think it's, I think I like it more than seven at this point. Um, I just love replaying it. And honestly, if I had Resident Evil 2 remake and Resident Evil 3 remake in front of me, I think I'm more likely at this point to replay Resident Evil 3 remake. Not that it's better, but I just love replaying it. Yeah. Same. It rules. Um, Cyberpunk 2077 is an, uh, probably my second favorite open world game of all time at this point. I, after Elden Ring, I just think it's wonderful. I love the storytelling. The char- Some of the characters feel like best friends at this point or love interests. Um, like River Ward, um, the Aldecados, like that game really, it felt magical in a way that um, the Mass Effect trilogy did. Mm-hmm um dark souls so i played through dark souls for the first time this year and i also replayed dark souls 3 recently still haven't played dark souls 2 but um that was a joy and i think elden ring inspired me to really give those games a shot and now i love them both um and i think that's it for me if i had to pick one as my favorite from another year it'd probably be cyberpunk i thought cyberpunk was just wonderful i loved it or what is what is your your real quick from ranking after after all this Dark Soulsing? Oh man, firing from the hip. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. I, I think uh, Bloodborne's still my favorite, even though I haven't played it since like 2016. But like that game just has a reverberating effect on me. So Bloodborne's my favorite. I think I'd do Elden Ring still number two, just because man, the sense of discovery in that game is just unparalleled unmatched and then after that it gets really tough um Mm. sekiro dark souls 3 dark souls 1 Hmm. is that a controversial rating (laughs) that's your rating yeah it's your rating you you can have it i I think uh i think sekiro still is just the best gameplay I think I would rank Dark Souls 3 over 1 just because I think the second half of Dark Souls kind of falls off a cliff for me. Dark Souls 3 is just so much fun to play. It's, it's good just, all the way through, too. It never gets bad. Yeah. It starts good and ends good, which might it might be the only FromSoft game where that's <laughs> truly true. Sekiro. I don't know. Sekiro. Yeah. Well, Sekiro is amazing. Yeah. 
But the blood. Right. The, what, what's the name? The uh, demon of hatred. That boss sucks. But Medea yeah, also I, sucks. I didn't fight him because he <laughs> sucks. All, they're all the optional side bosses that are for for like yeah. challenge. Challenge. I mean, the Nameless King sucks also. So no, he doesn't. He's he, awesome. Dude, Nameless King was the na- badass. The Nameless King was good. That's the only great, boss yeah. fight I truly didn't like was Medea. Every other yeah. boss fight was great. Um, I, I agree with you. I don't know. Yeah. I th- some honestly like in some ways Dark Souls three is better than Elden Ring. Like I I see, I, I see myself like replaying it more than Elden Ring. I don't know. It's all so it's malleable. Replayable. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I think they're all more replayable than Elden Ring. But we'll, we'll talk about that. Later. Oh yeah, no, that's true. I completely um, agree. Okay, uh, I played Cyber Shadow, which is a two D side scroller like Ninja Gaiden. Really, really liked that. I played Breath of the Wild for the first time. I think that game lives up to the hype. I played Tactics Ogre Reborn, which uh, I'll talk about again in a minute, it, which is just a oh, chef's kiss, incredible tactical JRPG. I really like that. I played The Last of Us Part 1 all the way through. I have played that game about halfway through two or three times in the last 10 years, but the, the remastered, re-whatever version got me to the end, and I had a really good time and really enjoyed the ending and thought it was some, some good storytelling, some good gameplay. I, I, I liked it all. Hell yeah. Thank and uh, Oh, and then Valheim, that was actually on my Game of the Year list last year, but I played way more of it this year than I did last year, and I really, really, as I said before, I thought it was just such a fun game to play with some friends and hang out, and I had cool adventures every time I played it. So Valheim is awesome. I will continue to play that. What was your choice of the, year, of the game for? Valheim. Okay. Uh, Mine's Resident Evil, yeah. by the way. Or no, CSGO, sorry, but... Uh... <laughs> Like one of those two, I don't know. I guess that doesn't really count. But like, yeah. I, I, if it was a game that I played for the first time, probably Tactics Ogre Reborn. I really like that okay. a lot. Like that, that, yeah, that was a great game. Uh, all right, so guys, uh, drum roll. Uh, we are we are in the final category, which is the 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 jump crouch official game of the year and the four runner ups, i.e. the top five. That we could we could. Uh, we could let some other picks have numbers, but really, I think we need to get it to a, a decisive five. And I think with this crew, that's going to be a little tricky. And so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the, the the pain that we're about to endure. And uh, I think we're going to start this as we have in the past with each of us giving our, our top games of the year in. So, OK, first I was like, I don't want to do this in order because I think it'd be more fun if it's like a secret. And that we say what our picks are after we've decided the five so that there's no bias going in. But what do you guys think about that? Should we, think, or should we just, I, we should like, probably I, just say it. I kind of liked dropping my, our top 10 list. Cause that, right. that's when we know, we know where all the chips fall. You know what I mean? Let's be unambiguous. Oren, what are your top 10 games of 2022? All right. I got my list pulled up. You guys ready? Uh, number one, God of War Ragnarok. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) To the listeners, I liked God of War Ragnarok fine. It did not make my top ten list. I did finish it. Didn't make my list. Mm. Had too much hand-holding. Anyway, my top ten from ten to one. Um, number ten is going to be Cult of the Lamb, which I thought was a great little roguelike, um, with Animal Crossing elements. Um, I really enjoyed it. Not super high on the list but made the list number nine is proteus which is uh an excellent doom like um i think it was held back a little bit by um 
the um, uh, like uh, the the challenge of it. Like once you kind of realize you can just kind of die and respawn, like kind of the Bioshock syndrome that kind of yeah. took the wind out of the sa- my sails a little bit. Number eight is Escape Academy, which I think is a wonderful pl- puzzler. Um, it's almost I would describe it as taking all of the Resident Evil One puzzles, but putting it into a fun video game that you can play with friends. So that's my number eight. Number seven is the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, which was a wonderful experience. I had never played the first one, so playing through this stealth sequel was was a gem. I loved it. Number six is Sniper Elite Five. Um, Sniper Elite Five is probably the first game I've played since the Metal that that actually in recent memory that truly captured the feeling of playing those early Medal of Honor games. I just loved it. I love Sniper Elite Five. Number five is Pentiment, which is the um, best Obsidian game I think I've ever played. It's not as fun to play as the Outer Worlds or like a New Vegas, but I think in terms of storytelling and immersion and actually being thrusted back into the Holy Roman Empire and being a part of it was fascinating. Number four is Signalis. Um, Signalis is a masterpiece. We've already talked about it. Um, One of the best horror games I've ever played. In some ways, the best Resident Evil game I've ever played, especially in the puzzle department. Um, My top three I feel very passionately about, so it was hard to rank them, but um, here we go. Number three is Power Wash Simulator, which is uh, the best first-person shooter I've played this year. (laughs) I just thought it was wonderful, and it kind of reconfigured my idea of what a video game can be. And it really helped me... Uh, this year get through some of the more stressful aspects of my my current job and uh, like I would just come home from work every day and just play power wash simulator and I would just decompress and it really helped me me mentally so power wash simulator number three number two is Elden Ring which uh, is one of the best from software games I've ever played probably the best open world game I've ever played the only game that has matched the Outer Wilds with its sense of discovery and how thrilling that can be in a video game. And then number one, of course, is Immortality, which I've talked about it ad nauseum on, on this podcast, but I just think um, Immortality is like crack, just crack for cinephiles. If you love movies and you love video games, Immortality blends those two things so perfectly, and I just thought it was wonderful the first 12 hours of that game alone i think are the best video game i've ever played um it kind of loses its steam a little bit um in the back half but i think overall just the thrill of experiencing immortality was just wonderful it really tapped into my loves of cinephilia and just cinema as an art form so that is my top 10 very nice Makes sense. I, I would guess Mortality would have been your number one. That's what I was thinking. I was like, that's an old yeah. game if I've ever seen one. Yeah. Uh, Elden sense. Ring, a very close second, though. Honestly, in some ways, it's a 1A and a 1B, but if I had to pick one, it'd be Immortality. For sure. Yeah. I guess, Kevin, I'll throw the ball to you. All right. Um, so... <clears throat> I uh I had some I believe it or not I had some of a, a difficult time picking ten games this year I know that sounds strange even though there were some oh really coming games. up with ten oh. yeah I had trouble handling with mm. ten games um so my tenth game is Bayonetta three which oh, I didn't even, I didn't beat but what I played I really enjoyed it's um 
it's it, it suffers a little bit of the uh, the Bloodborne syndrome. It's like this game shouldn't be buried on this console. This should not be the final resting place of this game. Like let's have this game be somewhere else, please. It's a it's an amazing game limited by technical problems, um, and that makes yeah. me really sad because because like I really did like the game a lot, but um, from what I played, but like it's just a blurry mess to be honest. So like re-release it nintendo i'll buy it i don't want to buy it again but just re-release it. I mean, let me play this game with the new version but the gameplay is so fun like they 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 added these new kaiju summons you can have which help you fight like do you fight it's just it's it's a very ambitious impressive game and Bayonetta is always high spectacle but i feel like they've managed to even outdo themselves yet again <laughs> with this game um my number nine is uh, call of duty modern warfare 2 which yeah let's go uh, like another game on this list i would never have thought i would put in a top 10 list because I'm not a big Call of Duty fan. It's not like my favorite franchise. I played, Aaron played, I remember got the original COD on PC back because he loved Medal of Honor. And I remember playing it and liking it then and then liking Call of Duty 2. And then somewhere around the time of Call of Duty 4, which I beta tested, I was super pumped on it. I kind of like fell out of it. I don't know. They just changed it too much. The the modern bro tactical thing, which wasn't my, my vibe, I guess. But I think this game is very well made. The gun, the gunplay feels great. The multiplayer is really fun. There's definitely some annoying cheese, but I think like coming in from someone who's a Battlefield fan, like it it it, it has a Battlefield mode and it, it it scratches that itch very well. So I was I'm pleasantly surprised. Also, the third person mode was really fun too. Pleasantly surprised at this game. Um, the next game is the Callisto Protocol. So I know that this game is flawed. Um, the I say the, the third half of the game, like, kind of just sucks. To be honest, like it's it's a bummer that it's not that good because I think it starts off really strong. Uh, like the the whole first segment in the prison, I think is very good. Once you leave the prison, it goes kind of more downhill. And then once you get to the last section of the game, is when you start fighting the same boss over and over again, and it's a crappy boss fight. So, but when it's good, it's good. And I think um, everyone says Dead Space clone. I still don't think it is. Like visually, maybe, <laughs> but I just don't think it plays like Dead Space that much. Um, so I don't know. I, I have to uh, I have to give this game nods for despite feeling unfinished and incomplete like it's when it's fun it's really fun like i really like the tension and the jump scares the environments and the graphics i think are all really well done so yeah next is cultic our uh, good old friend headshot popping game uh basically blood successor really fun what, great what number are you um this would be number actually don't have these numbered but uh, this would be uh, number yeah. seven seven okay or six, actually. This will be seven. Sorry, my apologies. It's be number seven. So uh, number five would be Proteus. Uh, I think Proteus is a little more fun than Cultic, even though Cultic I think is a more uh, better experience. I just think my what happened number six. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, you went from seven to five. <laughs> oh, did I? Yeah. Why? Well, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. This is number six. I, okay. Yeah, just paste him in later. That's good. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Proteus. Good stuff. Fun Doom clone. I think, like, uh, I've said a lot about it already. Um, really enjoyed it. I do think it, again, kind of falls off in the end. So, like, it, it's it's kind of suffers a little bit of the Callisto Protocol problem. It's, like, doesn't feel complete. But, mm. like, when it's good, it's really good. I think the highs, yeah. when they're when they're high, are very good. Um, number five is the Cory. Um, oh, I thought sure. that was a, a really cool. good horror game um, that went places I didn't expect it to go. And huh. kind of like the the, the last game, the supermassive game before that, um, I really I, I really enjoyed this game. It was like it's a full longer game, so they have the dark pictures games, which are like shorter horror stories. This is like a full length until dawn kind of 
story, which uh, Aaron saw me play, but we like we literally stopped like right before it got good. Like <laughs> you saw all the lead in, which is like the not that interesting part, but they're building the characters and the relationships. And then when the actual fun part happens, we stop playing, which is so much sucks. But uh, yeah, I think it's a it's it's a really cool game, and it has some of my favorite characters that they've ever made in any of their games. So I think uh, the Corey's worth checking out um, if you like horror. I think it has like elements. I, I would call it like almost survival horror. It's like narrative based. Survival. It's not really survival horror. Cause there's no resource management, but it's it's. I think it's like it's like a cousin, like a distant cousin of it. You know. Uh, number four for me is Vampire Survivors. Uh, I played oh, nice. extensively Vampire Survivors. I'm with my girlfriend. We had a really great time playing that game. There's so much more to that game than it seems, and it's also one of those games that like. I really appreciate it, but it's like it challenged my conceptions of video games. Because my when I first played, I'm like, you can't shoot in this game. You can't control where you shoot. Like that's lame. Like I don't want to play this game. And like it challenged that, which I always appreciate when a game can do that. That's like something I really have to give a game nods to when it can like break my like expectations and change like what I, I like about it. So uh, the fact that you can't shoot actually is a plus in this game <laughs> for the most part. Like the 99 percent of the time, that's a good thing. So I think uh, yeah, awesome Castlevania clone. Initially, I was like, they ripped off Castlevania. And then it, later, it was like, oh, they ripped off Castlevania. Like, <laughs> it was like <laughs> in all the best ways. Um, so, Konami's not making those games anymore anyways, right? So, someone's got someone's to keep this going, right? Keep the, uh, the 2D, you know, gothic style thing going. Uh, number three for me is Postal Brain Damaged. Uh, I've talked about. Oh wow! <laughs> I know. I I really like this game. Like I beat it twice. Like I I beat it and I immediately played through it again. Um, and you know, I still remember playing it and having that same feeling of like this is a postal game. Like I like this and it's kind of like poop filled and like stupid. But I was like, it's really fun. I'm just like I can't stop playing this game. And like I had to like hearken with myself to like get into liking it and like being like, wow, I like a postal game. Not only do I like a postal game, but it's on my game of the year list in the top mm. five, even top three. Wow. Top three. Yeah, I just think it's really fun. Honestly, I just think it's a really fun game. I, I think they uh, Hyper Strange is a very skilled developer, and they, they've really done a good job uh, making a Doom and Quake clone. And, and Awesome. Like I said, the jokes fall flat, but still worth yeah. it. Um, number two, Signalis. To no one's surprise, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, I like several horror games. Uh, I think this is one of the better survival horror games out there, for, for sure. I, I, I appreciate it's like direct pieces it's taken from games like the Metal Gear Solid display, the Resident Evil mechanics, and then Silent Hill, some Silent Hill mechanics. I noticed in one of the rooms I went into, <clears throat> one of the bathrooms, there's three stalls, and the stall on the end, if you <laughs> try to open it, it says, this door, someone, this door's locked. Is someone in here? Which is definitely an homage to Silent Hill. Because that happens <laughs> in Silent so Hill funny. 2. And then it happens in Silent Hill 3 again. This is, this is, it's a joke in Silent Hill 3 with it. So I definitely appreciate all the like details they have put into this um, in terms of all of, all, of those, uh, all of those things. So I think Signalis is like, if you like survival horror games, like don't, don't miss this game. <laughs> My only Essential. knock on this game that I have to just mention is I think mechanically it can be a little frustrating. I think the character runs too slow. I think the combat is a little like hard to aim and confusing. Like I think this is, these are problems that Resident Evil does not have specifically. Hmm. Like I think Resident Evil, they, when they said they they something that I think they is still true to the franchise now. They said when they designed it, they wanted it to be scary but fun to play. And I think that Signalis, like the fun to play element, is like somewhat diminished in the combat. Hmm. And like the final boss fight, like just sucks, right? Can we yeah, that? yeah. 
the final. <laughs> I boss, like the final boss fight. The, the okay. final boss fights. Bad. I, I except it. that you can run out of ammo during the the phases that they don't give you ammo. Like I had like five deaths on that boss yeah, because I had to it, kill myself because I ran out of ammo. That boss just felt so. like I got lucky enough to like hit it. I don't know. Anyways, hmm. the final boss fight hmm. I thought sucked, but I I sure. I think it's still a great, obviously like one of the best horror games. Um, and number one. What do you think? What, what would your guess? Our Wash Simulator Bloodborne. God of War. <laughs> Bloodborne <laughs> yeah. remake at 60 FPS. Oh, yeah, I yeah. wish. Uh, when, that, <laughs> when that comes, I'll be a happy man. Um, obviously, Elden Ring. I know I've spent, I feel like I spent on this podcast like 90% of my time complaining about this game, which is silly because it's like one of the best games I've ever played. Like one of the best open world games I've ever played. It's a, it's a FromSoft game. It's a Dark Souls game that uh, still manages to feel fresh and new. It's an, an open world. It's an open world. It's mm-hmm. I got what we wanted was an open world Dark Souls game. Um, I think uh, in pretty much every way they, they managed to do everything right other than a couple boss fights. And yeah, just play Elden Ring. It's great. <laughs> it's so good. Elden Ring rules. <clears throat> All right. Uh, I'll go through this a little quicker. I actually have a top 12, but I'll immediately eliminate two after I've given it just to shrink it down to a top 10. Uh, so number 12 is Callisto Protocol. I think this game does enough to justify its existence. I think it's a gorgeous game. It's, I think it's, like I said, a cult classic in the sort of uh, action horror genre. Uh, number 11, don't hate me, Orn. Immortality. Uh, I, I, I really oh! enjoyed it. But like I, I sometimes did, had to force myself to play it. But I, I still liked it. But I, I, like, I, I appreciate the game more than I enjoyed it, which uh, like I, like I have like enormous respect for what that game is doing. Um, Number 10 is Vampire Survivors. I don't think I like it as much as the rest of the world, but I still think it's a really fun game. Number 9, Iron Lung. Uh, what you can do with a single room. Very impressive. And, and one-hour game. I think a one-hour micro game is pretty cool. Number 8, Hyper Demon. Um, I'm still getting used to this, but I really do think it's a, a very successful sequel to Devil Daggers, which I think is like an essential game. Um, number 7, Sniper Elite 5. We've talked about this a bunch. Awesome. Number six, and, I, and I, I'll say this and then remove it, The Last of Us Part 1, technically a remaster. I really enjoyed it. It was definitely one of the more impactful games I played this year, but doesn't totally count because I guess it didn't come out this year originally. So uh, we can we can, we can can shrink that off my list now that I've said it. Number five, Proteus. Actually, I guess it's going gonna, it's gonna to end up being number four. But number I think The Last Proteus. of Us counts. I think it counts. The Last of Us? It came out this right, year. Let's keep it. Sure. If it got I've released got, this year, I've, it's... I put Death Stranding yeah, okay. as 2020. True. Uh, but yeah, for my personal list anyway. I mean, uh, Proteus is number five. I like again, really, really good uh, retro shooter. I just wish they had changed the save mechanics and a few other things. Number four, Caltic. Uh, from the first time I played that game at the Steam Next Fest or whatever, I was just like, oh, this is so good. Um, and it's such a satisfying headshot game. Uh, number three, Tactics Ogre Reborn. Nice. Played it on Switch. Uh, it was. I love these kind of games. I haven't had played a good one like this in a long time. I didn't play this when it first came out. It plays so well in handheld mode and on, on the screen. It's 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 uh I really, really can't say enough nice things about that game. Number two, Orin, are you texting? What's going on, man? Sorry, just wanna make sure other people around me in my household that wanna make them aware that I'm podcasting. Oh. That's all. Yeah, yeah I'm podcasting. Sorry, I didn't mean to call you out. Uh number two. <laughs> Elden Ring. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, number two, Elden Ring. Uh, 
what a great open world game sense of discovery unparalleled i've never seen a game where the map plays a bigger trick on you that it just keeps getting bigger 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 yeah i i had a great 100 hours in that game we know i don't like the end but uh, but i i still think it's it's an incredible achievement um number one signalis come on the the fuck it, it literally like one of the best survival horror games, like top three survival horror games maybe ever made came out but two people in germany like it's it's a joke when you watch those credits and it's just yuri and uh what's yeah the other it's so funny <laughs> it's just like, the it's like their names, names over and over again <laughs> uh everything about this game worked for me it's like it's like if it's like you go to use uh oran's chef metaphor you go to a restaurant and somebody's serving you dishes like i've never had this before what is this and and like whatever it is you're like this is something that i wish i had been eating my whole life like the art inspiration for this game the music the puzzles the setting like everything worked so well for me um it was a little challenging to play because it came out like five days after my son was born and it was a game that i wanted to really play in a very concentrated dedicated space so i played it over slow periods but like i enjoyed the game from beginning to end um and it was just like something that was missing from my life in a way that none of the games on this list except for maybe tactics ogre reborn really we're, we're, we're satisfying this like long dormant itch that just has been unscratched for decades so signalis is my my game of the year wow very nice very nice so the only person eldering was, was me i, I thought one of you, I thought two of you guys would have had it wow i mean as i said it's like one a one b for me like it's literally like it's so close i, I yeah, mean i don't yeah. know it's tough. I feel really strongly about my top two. <laughs> For sure. Um, all right. So before we get into this, let's take one more break. Hello to all the listeners of the Jump Crouch podcast. This is Nick, and here are my top five favorite games of 2022. To number five, it's a bit of a cheat, but it's Resident Evil Village Shadow of Rose. This DLC was a genuinely spooking and engaging expansion to the original game. At number 4, it's Signalis, probably the best Silent Hill-inspired survival horror game in a long time. At number 3, it's Vampire Survivors, an endlessly addictive experience. Number 2, of course, Elden Ring, arguably one of the best action-adventure games of all time. And number 1, favorite game of 2022, it's Immortality, just a perfect narrative-driven mystery that will keep you hooked from beginning to end. All right, we're back. Uh, guys, 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 guys. What are we doing here, Oren? Tell us the process. All right, so we all read our personal top 10 lists. And now what we're going to do is we are going to uh, select the, the games that we feel the most passionately about from our top 10 lists. And we're going to nominate them and put them in a collective category. Um, I And then we're going to whittle it down to our top five games of the year. So I've already put my five games in. Uh, I put in Immortality, Elden Ring, Power Wash Simulator, Signalis, and Pentiment as the five games that I will fight for to be in our top five. Hmm... Uh, I'm gonna add Caltic and Proteus to that. Yeah. All right. But, uh, probably, probably Caltic doesn't survive very long. Uh, maybe about, Proteus um, doesn't either. No. Uh, vampire survivors? I guess only you and me put that on our list. Well, oh, if you put it in there, you get to add stuff, Kev. 
Yeah, I, definitely put it in there. I want to put Vampire Survivors. I think that game's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put Vampire Survivors in there. <clears throat> what about Tactics or Ogre Reborn? That was your third one, mm-hmm. Aaron. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it is a remaster, re-release. It is only I played, but um, I don't think it needs to be there. I think I've said my piece. I like that game a lot, but uh, I think if we're only having five slots, that might be a big ask. What about uh, Postal Brain Damaged? Um, I'm the one who played it. Um, I don't think it's like a game. I played here. it. Okay. Yeah. But I think it's great. Um, I'll, I'll throw it in just for the culture for now. Okay. Um, so, just to, to yeah, give everybody who can't see our Google Doc, which is everybody, uh, we have Immortality, Elden Ring, Power Wash Simulator, Signalis, Pentiment, Cultic, Proteus, Vampire Survivors, Postal Brain Damage. And uh, anything else we need to put in there? The quarry? I mean, if you guys want, we could try doing a top ten and just ordering the nominees. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's let's put let's let's put stuff in there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Put the quarry in there. So wait, wait. You guys who both recommended me Modern Warfare Two didn't put it in your list, but I put it in my list. <laughs> it, it was like number eleven. It was. Really uh, it was number close. thirteen for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> um. I don't know. Sniper Elite Five won a lot of oh, categories. Yeah. Sniper Elite the... Five needs to be in there for sure. Sniper yeah, Elite you guys five. both got in your top tens. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't feel strongly enough about the rest of my top ten to, to add anything else, but I don't know. I feel like that's looking pretty good. That's ten entries right now. That is Immortality, Elden Ring, Power Wash Simulator, Signalis, Pentiment, Cultic, Proteus, Vampire Survivors, Postal Brain Damage, The Quarry, and Sniper Elite. Is that ten? I think that's more than ten. Oh, am I counting wrong? You tell me. Let me. Uh, how do you? I'm so bad at Google Docs. Go. How do you make it into a top ten? <laughs> oh, there you go. Eleven. Okay. Ah! Okay. What's got to go? Postal brand damage has got to go. Yeah, we have three three retro shooters. You guys. Well, well, what would, what should we lose? The quarry, postal brain damage. Well, so well. I only played those. The only one played those two games was me. Aaron didn't really play Postal Brain. He played a little bit. And the Corey you saw like a little bit, but like those two you guys haven't played. So I feel like the ones that like the ones that only one person has played, we should bump, I think. For for because well, for for, it's the podcast well, game. Or not exclusively, but like we could like you only get one, maybe. Or, you know, if you have three that only you played, then maybe you take one or two of them out. Um, well, what do you feel do, more? If we're gonna do a top ten, we just need to bump one. So what what are we bumping? Yeah. Uh um, again, if I had to pick, I'd pick the quarry first or brain damaged. To cut, you think you think the quarry should be cut? Um, I mean, my list it's postal's higher. Yeah, yep. All right. Three. So All what right. then? Bye bye quarry. What's what's a good tenth place award? What's what, what's Elite most five? deserving of tenth place? Uh, I think Sniper Elite Five is actually a great number ten pick. Yeah, I think it's a good. Okay. Tenth. Okay. <laughs> I Wait, think that's so like postal a... postal brand damage is gonna rank higher. I guess Kevin, you did your third game. Okay, I really like this. Let's do it. All right, then let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, um, what's gonna be a good number nine? Well, number nine is postal, postal right? Brand damage. Oh, okay. That's it's just staying there. Uh, <laughs> okay. Honestly, like well, I feel like I feel like me. I feel like Kevin feels more strongly about postal than I do about Pentiment. So maybe mm. Pentiment should be number nine. I love Pentiment, but... I mean, if like, you love I, it, then keep it. 
<laughs> if you love but it, it sounds like we're you, keeping it. I, I, I think you like. Oh no, we're keeping it. We're, we're at our top ten now. We we are at the ten, our per, our collective top ten. But we kicked the quarry. I actually think Pentiment should probably go over Postal Brain Damage because it was number five, and I love that game, but it's number three on Kevin's. So I think kicking it down might make the most sense. Okay. All right, just to just to repeat what we've got on the list right now. Number 10 is Sniper Elite, and then we have Pentiment, and then the rest to be decided are Postal Brain Damage, Vampire Survivors, Proteus, Cultic, Signalis, Power Wash Simulator, Elden Ring, and Immortality. Well, so, Power Wash Simulator should probably go down because Elden Ring should go to number that. one. It's number two or one for everyone. So Yeah. 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 Uh, well, let's talk about number one in a minute. Let's 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 okay. be patient. Be patient, my friend. Uh, we got to uh, we got to get there first. Yeah, I think uh, I, I'm pretty confident about Sniper Elite Five at number ten and Pentiment at number nine. I think that's pretty good. Now we're getting down to number eight, um, like hmm. Postal so- Power Watch Simulator. Or vampire survivors? What do you guys think? Uh, I even though vampire survivors was lower on my or higher on my list, whatever it was, it was a a higher number but lower on my list. I actually think I would put it above Proteus, probably. Especially vampire survivors over Proteus. Proteus. Awesome. Yeah, it's a good game. Um, it is a slot machine. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, it's the best slot machine. And you don't lose any money. The designer uh, worked in the gambling industry before. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah. what I understand. And I first saw this thing, I was like, "What is this? Like a slot machine? Why is this like raining gold? Is this like complete dopamine?" Yeah. 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 Uh, I would put it above uh, above. Well, I would put it higher. I guess is what I'm saying. Um, five potentially. I don't know. Where do Where do you guys think? What do you think would be a good six? Like Cultic Proteus. I think Cultic would be six. Cultic which, six. which one do you guys because I didn't play Cultic which one do you guys feel more strongly about I can't uh, Aaron put Cultic higher I put Proteus higher I think so, it's a toss up they're like Proteus is a better game it has a better game, Proteus yeah. has more going for it it has user created maps it has multiplayer and stuff Cultic is a straight six hour experience that's that's a you know a linear ex- narrative experience basically boomer shooter with awesome awesome shooting level design aesthetics music all that but it's 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 a little more simple whereas proteus is like it's got the map maker it's got the co-op it's got deathmatch it's got all this other yeah. stuff I think so, so what i'm what i'm hearing here, but then I'm again gonna, i think i don't know man i kind of like cultic better for that reason because it is a more singular packaged right like poke proteus feels a little confused at moments it does i, but uh, I think i, think I personally I think I'm the biggest Proteus naysayer here. I just mm. don't. Uh, I th- I thought it was great. I mean, I loved it, but it had no lasting power with me. Like, <laughs> I thought I would go back and replay it, but I didn't, and I yeah. haven't really thought about it since. Um, but I did love it. But I don't know. Like, it sounds like Proteus would rank higher than Cultic, but you also feel more passionately about Cultic, Aaron, and I don't care that much for proteus even though it still made my top 10 what do you think kevin i think pro i think cultic i would rather see cultic in the top five than proteus 
I'm fine with that. I think Procultic's great. Um, Proteus, I think, like I say, Cultic's like a more cohesive package. Proteus is like more mm. hit or miss, but like I think it's a better hit when it's a hit. Yeah, I think it hits harder when it hits, but I think Cultic is just more like beginning to end. Like, yeah. Awesome I also experience. have to, I love how Cultic has like the survival horror, like homage Resident Evil elements to it. I think that's really cool about it. So, mm-hmm. Cultic might be like a little more original as well. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't played it. Proteus is like <laughs> I'm sure. Proteus is like Doom, 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 Doom. Like it's It's like Doom it's and Doom very, 2016. Yeah. Uh yeah. It is maybe the true sequel to Doom 2016, is yeah. what I feel like. like and, if you and wanted Bioshock. that Bioshock. Kind of it has some Bioshock yeah. in there too. <laughs> the worst of Bioshock. <laughs> All right, you're right. 6 for sure. Uh I so, forgot so, about that, yeah. So so I have Vampire Survivors above Cultic and Proteus is that what we're thinking? That's amenable to me. I like Cultic better, but I could see Vampire Survivors being number four. What do you guys think? What do you think? Evan? I think I played more Vampire Survivors, like a lot more Vampire Survivors. Like I played the shit out of that game. Uh, I mean, it was my number four for a reason. So I was pretty pretty serious about that game when I played it, and I still am going to play right. more of it. All right. Well, it sounds like well, this is what we got. I, I'm gonna update, do a quick update. Um, we got number ten. We still have Sniper Elite Five, nine Pentiment, um, number eight Postal Brain Damaged, number seven Power Wash Simulator, number six Proteus, number five Cultic, number four Vampire Survivors, and then number remaining th- to be ranked. Don't say nothing. <laughs> yeah, these I won't. Are, I, I won't say yet. the other ones. I, now that I'm looking at the list. I know this is going to piss off some listeners, but I almost feel like Sniper Elite 5 should be higher because I don't know. Yeah, I'm all right with that. I I could see it as a a toasty number seven. I think it's I think it's going to piss off two listeners in particular that we're going to have Pentiment at number 10. But Mm. that's okay. You know, (laughs) you know, it's an honor just to be nominated. Um. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Pentiment's number ten. I'm so sorry, Drew. I'm so sorry, yep. Mike. I love that game, but it just <laughs> yeah, <isn't. laughs> Sniper Elite Five is going to beat it. Should we re- should we rank Sniper think, Elite Five higher? I than think Postal? I think we sh- I, I think we should fair. rank it higher than all those. I think it should be number six. You think it should remember be how much you loved that game when you no. when you played it? Not no, than maybe not higher than Proteus, but higher than Power Wash. I yeah, really I, love Power Wash, yeah. but more people like Sniper Elite Five yeah. here. This is all about the group opinion. It has to be like a collective agreement on these. Consensus, consensus. Consensus. Yeah. Yeah. But well, should should Power Wash be over Postal? I fucking love Power Wash, but uh, I don't know. It is. I love Postal. You really liked it. Yeah. So those were our two more favorites. (laughs) I know, right? That's going to (laughs) be tough. I don't know how to rank Power Wash and Postal. My only argument for... Well, my one argument about Power Wash being over Postal is that frequent guest... Mike has it in its top. Three. That's true, and it's so uh, should... it's also not postal, <laughs> right? <laughs> mm. All, right. All right, should we, should we lock the bottom three? Then we have Pentiment at ten, Postal at nine, Power Wash at eight, and then Sniper Elite five at seven. I think, I think that's... we could even lock. I mean, we all like top Sniper five. Elite. I think it, yeah. any game that we all played seems like it's the best. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Games, yeah. So. All right. Uh, I think Proteus to Pentiment is 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 all solid. That's four P's and an S. That's interesting. Um. Interesting, yeah. The 
All right. Well, we should probably get into our top three then, because I think yeah. one of them's actually going to move down. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, we have Signalis at three, Immortality at two, and Elden Ring at one. No, no, they gonna... are undecided. You keep giving them a ranking. They're not ranked. Oh yeah, yeah, they're not, <laughs> they're not ranked. I'm sorry. We have Signalis, Immortality, and Elden Ring in the top three. Uh, I, I think, oh, man, I don't know. Like, I'll rank Immortality below Signalis because that's going to happen anyway, and Elden Ring. But <sighs> that doesn't have to happen. Uh, so let let me say something, guys. Let me let me make a persuasive argument to you. Elden mm-hmm. Ring is a great game. Elden Ring, I think, is, as I've said, probably my favorite open world game. And it's an essential open world game, Souls game. I think people who play video games and want to know what makes video games great should play Elden Ring. And that's why it should be our number two game of the year. No. Wait, I don't. I don't want it. I know we're gonna have the Signalis and Elden Ring argument. Yeah, those, that's, that's gonna be our. For. I know. I'm waiting for it too. Let, let's let's, uh, let's. That was wait. it. That was the argument. Let, let, let's wait for that because I, I want to figure out where Immortality goes first. Because um, I already know it's not going to be a game of the year. Um, I'm no, it is a game of the year. I think it should. I think it should be in the top three. I don't see three as a bad spot for it. Um, do you guys think? Because Immortality is my game of the year. Like, yeah, it's do you game guys of the year. I think that's fine. I didn't I, over over vampire list, survivors. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we currently have all three of it's our game of the one. years. You're number vying one for the like a high. Choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that, that no, no, definitely number three. Our, our, our top three games of the year are one, two, and three currently right now. So yeah. now we just have to figure out how we feel about them as a group. Uh, I feel pretty good about this, immortality. This ranking, I think, is. Yeah, well, I, th- I, th- I think we're I, gonna have a no, battle over no, Signalis no. and Elden Ring. Um, uh, I think, yeah, I come on. The best survival horror game since like 1994, or 1990, sorry, 2004, maybe. Signalis. This has got to be. Sense on Hill 2, probably. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, not, it, I don't know. Resident Evil 2. And like horror. shoulder to shoulder with those games. And in some ways, exceeding like what they did. Like this I game it, took. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Continue, sorry. I, I think it took like all the influences and ran with them and then took a bunch of other influences and did something that like, like, transcended the genre in its own way like I you know like like I think this game is way more than the sum of its pieces and it's got a lot of pieces can I can, can I can respond I, are you responding yeah, first? yeah. Wait, you want me to respond first yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, okay uh, here's a couple a couple things Signalis is amazing I think it would be really cool to give a game of the year in the sense that like no one else has given Signalis game of the year so from a utilitarian point of view giving Signalis game of the year would be really cool. However, Elden Ring, the first like 70 hours of that game are pro are like the best game I've ever played. Like, yeah. and I, I know, I know there's been arguments about how Elden Ring screws up the ending. I think Signalis is good from beginning to end. I think Elden Ring is a masterpiece f- for the first 70 hours. And then it kind of screws up a little bit. That's yeah, but I think argument. Signalis is a max masterpiece from beginning to end. <clears throat> right, but it never hit the highs of Elden Ring for me. The highs of Elden Fair. Ring are just insane. Fair. Yeah, I, that's how I feel too. Uh, I think um, Signalis for me that I have to knock it for for one. It's not very scary. Like the environment, the atmosphere is great, but it never felt really very scary to me at all. Um, in ways, Silent Hill did feel scary. Silent Hill too. So just like it's not like a like a, like a technology issue. I think it's like a game design, and it's probably what they were going for. It's not. It's it's not the biggest deal, but I didn't feel very scary to me. And do you mean like I the difficulty? 
like in just sense like, like the, you I just never felt like I was like felt uh, te- like horror tension in the game like I felt like the yeah. atmosphere environment was like I sold me on the atmosphere and I thought it was well done but I never felt like I felt like afraid or like I didn't want to explore an area I felt like I, there was never a fear in the game mm-hmm. whereas I think if I play Resident Evil 3 the original right now or 2 I yeah. would feel that in the police station um, so I think it's missing that element um, and I, I feel like I didn't want to replay the game because I feel mechanically it's like a little rough, to be honest. Like, yeah, I, the, the presentation of it is so high quality and so well done, and like some of the puzzles, like the the radio puzzle with those weird ass like things that corrupt the screen with the, the, the right, radio, right. that is just awesome. Like, there's just so many things that this game does that are just genius. <clears throat> but I like, have to. Hold, I I feel like I can't over Elden Ring. I just I can't do it, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. So- yeah, I, like I, I would agree with you that I don't, I'm not like super eager to replay Signalis, but I also am not, and I know this is, you have a different opinion, not super eager to replay Elden Ring. Like I've tried to replay it, and I just get bored really fast. It, it, it lacks the replayability that like Dark Souls or Demon Souls have, or it's those games. And I don't know exactly why. I think part of it is just this like map. I already know what the, I know where the map's gonna go, um, and then some of the individual things are not that exciting a lot of the caves were really fun for 100 hours but like i don't want to go in any of those catacombs again i do think elden ring has some of the best design in any of FromSoft's games but it also has some of stuff that's worst. not as good but like but like <laughs> like the, what it's landell the the capital like that's like the best dark souls dungeon ever made by by kind of a huge margin like like it's 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 staggering what a what an incredible place that is for sure i another another couple other things i'm kind of thinking of it's kind of funny because i played through signalis and i just didn't feel the urge to replay it which is funny because in the same month i played resident evil village and i played through it like a couple times and i I think i've played through that game like six or seven times at this point yeah And, and i just don't think uh i don't know like that is it's not necessarily a bad thing for signalis but it is kind of worth saying because like there was something about the flavor of Signals where it's like the combat just like wasn't quite fun enough yeah. for me to like want to replay it again. But the puzzles and the story and the atmosphere and the art design is awesome. But it, I think it just was missing like a hook. And I think Elden Ring, Elden Ring doesn't have the replayability, but like a lot of it does hinge on that first playthrough of like discovering everything. In the same way that, like, you can't really p- replay the Outer Wilds, for example, because it's really, it really hinges on that. And I think that's okay. Maybe a little disappointing if you want to replay it, but I don't know. I Elden the Ring reason, was really magical. I, I agree. <laughs> I think the reason Elden Ring isn't replayable, too, is well, I mean, it is replayable. I haven't played it, but I think the reason you feel that way, and I, and I understand it, is because it's an open world game. Like, replaying an open mm. world game, like, it's just too much. It's, like, too big. It's, like, you know, I just want to go down, like, a nice hallway and explore, just taking the atmosphere. I don't want to go, like, find, like, 10 million things in all these different weird obscure caves and look at guys trying to find this, this, and this, this, and this. It's just too much. And I, I feel that way. And I felt that way when I was playing it because I was trying to play it like I play Dark Souls, which is like I get every item in every area of the, the levels. And it was Elden Ring. It's like, you can't do that. <laughs> if you try and do that, you're going to be stressed and, 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 you know, worn trying to find everything. But I just, like, think, like, if I had to compare the two games, t- to me, like Elden Ring and Signalis, like, there's not a comparison. It's the same thing as, like, you know, Xnolis is a great game. I fucking love that game. I think it's an amazing game. But come on, Elden Ring. <laughs> That's what. Yeah, I mean. but 
Uh, well, let me, let me, let me, I, I hear what you guys are saying. Let me, let me counter that with one more thought. Elden Ring was made by a team of several hundred people with a budget of several million dollars. Signalis was made by two people for presumably a budget maybe of a couple million at most or maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars. Like, when I think of the game that we want to award Game of the Year, I don't want it to be like a, like a condolence prize, like, like to some extent, like Gordon was saying, like a utilitarian pick, like give it it because it, because nobody else gave it due. But I do want it to be like, what do we as as games, critics, consumers, whatever, what do we want to see? Which direction do we want to see the industry go? And like, I, I think those are both good directions, <laughs> like, like yeah. Elden Ring or Signalis. But like for me, like I think I, I've just I've realized I want to play games that look like they came out in the 90s, but have a lot more polish and were made by small groups of people more lately than I want to play massive even you know from soft games like even though I just don't want to play those so like I guess that's that's one way to frame this question is what what do you want to see like what do you want to reward is like the sort of vision your vision for the future uh, well can I, can, I, can I kind of turn that question right back at you Aaron um, is 2014 mm-hmm. what is your favorite movie of the year boyhood or birdman Mm. <laughs> well, what I'm asking you, what's your favorite one? Now or then? Now, sure. Now. Uh, it doesn't, it's a moot point. Oh man, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. What, I, I like, I like both of those movies, which is why I suppose you picked them. Probably. Well, I feel, I feel, I feel like you. I thought you liked Birdman more, like way more. Oh. Am I wrong about that? Uh, I like Birdman quite a bit, mostly just because the first time I saw it, it was such a potent experience. Um, well, the, was, the reason, know, my, well, the reason, mm-hmm. well, I, I, I'll just get to the point of it. Like, let's say in this equation, you like Birdman more and you want to give it game of the year or like movie of the year. But Boyhood, that took 12 years to make. Shouldn't you give mm-hmm. it to Boyhood? It was harder to make. So, uh, like, so it's like no, my point. Oh, no. Well, well, my that's, that's, well, my point is, is like Signalis yeah. and Elden Ring. It's like, it's like, yeah, like the, the small team that you know, like uh, greatness coming from small beginnings. But like at the end of the day, I think I just like Elden Ring more. So like, sure, I don't, sure, sure. Yeah. Does that make sense? So like, I what? feel it, it's like, like at the end of the day, it's like how hard the vision, but like also what game did we just like more? I don't know. No, totally. And and I don't just mean like when I say like what's your vision for like what you want to see in the future, not just like who made it or how they made it, but like what how did like like what were the game design choices? What was it like to play? What was the subjective experience of it? Right. Um, all those things, all those things. Not just like oh, two people made this and a hundred people made this, so the two people should get the reward for for even being able to swing at those you know several hundred people. It's yeah, just, I I don't know if I gave it to signal. Sorry, Kevin. It's just. Uh... If I, I love the idea of giving it to Signalis. I love it. Like, I think that is awesome. But my heart is just screaming Elden Ring. You gotta go with your heart. You gotta go with your yeah, heart. Yeah, same. And I think like, in the same way that we should give indie games credit for being indie, like we should be like, hey, this is great because it's an indie game. We should also be like, like, hey, that we shouldn't unfairly reward it for being an indie game either, right? Like, it should be. Both. It should just be thought of as as like, what did we like more? What was the better experience? Like, it doesn't matter. It's by a thousand people, it's by two people. Because like, there's a lot of games that I've made by four people that I think are way better than games that are made by AAA people, right? So it's just like, what's better, right? I, like, take the indie equation out of it, the AAA. Or not what's better, but what did you enjoy more, right? That's what I mean. What was what was a better experience yeah. for you? Yeah. 
And I, for me, it was Elden Ring. I, there was part of Sinalis that felt like a slog to me. Like, I thought it was an amazing mm. game, but, like, it wasn't flawless, mm-hmm. to be honest. Even though I think, like, the discovery uh, elements are great, the um, and the atmosphere itself was well done, the, the world building, the story was so abstract in a way that was, I thought was, like, amazing. Like, I loved how the story was so, like, man, what a, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but I just, again, I feel like if I had to pick, there's like, I would pick Elden Ring like a hundred times. If you, like if I had to do this question over and over again. Elden Ring. Like, Elden Ring. Yeah. Well, we, we can also think of it too, like my game of the year was Immortality. That's an that's like a double A, like leaning indie game. Mm-hmm. Yours is Signals, which is an indie game. Kevin's is Elden Ring. So like at the end of the day, the indie game has won. The indie realm has won. But I feel like we should just give it the overall sight to Elden Ring because we just too many people love it who yeah. have been guests. I don't know. We also talked about it like for like twenty podcasts at the beginning. Like half the year were podcasts where we just talked endlessly about Elden Ring. Uh, I, I I mean, it seemed to me like that was the inevitable choice. But but I wanted to to try to incept you guys a little bit. It seems like I failed. Um, to be clear, that, though, I that, now I, yeah. I appreciate now I'm going to talk about though. immortality. No, the effort appreciate is appreciated it. too. Like I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that you're yeah. batting for Signalis, like because like because I think that game's awesome, and I, and like the, like I said, getting stuff for the Game Awards is a, is a travesty because it's it's a great game. It's my number two game yeah. of the year. <laughs> no, I know. I guess it's like if somebody asked me, like, could you order, you know, five more of of this? What would you? I'd be like, give me five more Signalises, or rather, over five more Elden Rings. Personally. Now that we've talked about Elden Ring and Signalis, I will talk about why Immortality should actually be our game of the year. Okay, make make your case. <laughs> okay. No. I'm not. Well, well, I will say I, I will say about Immortality. Um, I'm not I'm not gonna fight for it, but I will say that Immortality I think is a top ten game of all time for me. Like that game is just I haven't played a game since The Outer Wilds that made me just feel just the thrill of experiencing art and cinema and. Uh, Sam Barlow did something special for me there. It's not mm. going to be our game of the year, but I just want to shout it out because that game means a lot to me. And I know it m- means a lot to uh, one of our guests, uh, Nick Grasso. So, Nick uh, liked it. Yeah. Nice. Sh- uh, I, want sh- I just wanted to give it its due, <clears throat> even though it's not going to be game- the site game of the year. <laughs> no. I also really like that game. Like I, like I said, I, I appreciate it and respect it slightly more than I enjoyed playing it, but I still think it's... Like that's another thing that like I think I want to see games do that kind of like all three of these games are like taking gaming and gameplay and how player interaction goes in directions I, I want to see more of Vampire Survivors not so much but um <laughs> but like uh, even though it's really fun to play I, that is that a is a slot machine game. actually it is a real no it is it phone is. game apparently but oh Vampire Survivors is yeah, yeah. oh wow um. Yeah, but uh, so I, I think all three of those are are great picks and great great platonic forms for people to aspire towards. Agreed. So well, wait, I think I, I think we could probably put then? Elden Ring. Okay, Elden, Elden Ring. Elden fucking Ring. Really, we're really gonna give it to Elden Ring. Yeah. Yeah. How could we not? It's like how could we not? <laughs> they won I, every I hate other to say award. It. I hate it to be the AAA it. simp. But like giving it to Signalis would feel wrong to me. I love yeah. that game. I just right, I, I also think like I don't want to be like the like 
countercultural, like edgy high school guys. Like it can't be the it can't be the big pop artist. It's got to be like this obscure band that I like. You know, like I don't want to be that guy either. You know what I'm saying? It's like no, it's like <laughs> like the thing that's that's you thought was the best that you liked the most. You know, regardless. Yeah, of God, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, God of War Ragnarok. That should be our game of the year. <laughs> so Elden Ring God of War Ragnarok. It's just, I like success. it when games play me. I don't like to play games. So it was Game of the Year last year. Uh, Forza. Uh, Forza. Oh, that's yeah, so that's I, right. Yeah. It's funny, I listened to that recently, and I feel like listening to it, I kind of incepted you guys to pick Forza because it wasn't really high on either of your lists. But like, mm. our number two game was uh, Returnal. And Orin was like, you know what, Aaron? Next year, you're going to come back, and if you have play, you'll have beaten Returnal, you'll see why it should have been number one. And I both feel that maybe it should be number one, but I also didn't beat Returnal. So, like, I'm like, I, I think I, I, honestly, you know what? We should have given it to Resident Evil Village. We oh should. Oh, there's no if way. It, if it's it had just, third person mode, then I would have. Yeah, if it had, I would have. I would have really would've. been hurt. I would have really been hurt. Like that would. I would have used my whatever veto power I might have. <laughs> I would have been, been hurt. But uh, no, I think Returnal or Forza. I still think Forza was. That was, this is a good pick. That was a great game. So let's get the full list um, to read off then. Yes. Yeah. Kevin, uh, will I, you do us the, the honor? Yeah, pl- please do, Kevin. Sure. Uh, so our honorable mention of the year, the Cory. Please play the Cory. Play the Cory games played. It's really good. It's worth it. It's a fun game. You can choose what happens to people. You can kill off the obnoxious characters if you don't like them. It's great. Uh, Pentiment. Haven't played that, but I will probably try that game. Game Pass game. Uh, Postal Brain Damage is number nine. My choice. Fun one. Number eight, Power Wash Simulator. The, uh, uh, the second Boomer Shooter nomination, number eight. Number seven, Sniper Elite 5, most masculine protagonist uh, this year. Six, Proteus, Doom's best Doom clone. Five, Cultic. Number four, Vampire Survivors. The most <laughs> game that's going to make my OLED wear out the fastest because it's... <laughs> Constantly spamming colors and <laughs> explosions <laughs> all over the screen. Uh, three is Immortality. Got to play more of that game. Two, Signalis. Okay, we had the argument. We decided, number one, Zelda Ring. Game of the year. Congratulations, Miyazaki. Good job. And team from FromSoft. You won. The Democrats. So we, did we ever nominate? We never, we never nominated. We never did a game of the year where we nominated a FromSoft game. Uh, there were no FromSoft I, games. Did we use yeah. Well, okay, Dark Souls Three wasn't gonna take it. Let's just be honest. Dark Souls I, Three didn't have what it takes uh, to, it was to, Doom, to beat Doom or well, Hitman. Twenty sixteen was a great year for yeah, games. Uh, it was. Uh, twenty nineteen, maybe it would have taken it, but man, like Resident Evil Two remake is so good. And same and we were Outer off. Twenty eighteen was Sekiro. We were off that year. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a really good list. I like it a lot. I like that we don't have any Sony titles. <laughs> we, we, uh, oh, guys, Last of Us, honorable mention. Yeah, Last of Us Part 1, honorable mention. Uh, no, um. So wait, wait, wait. How many of these games were indie games or mostly indie games? Uh, one, I think, like, aren't, like, two, all of three, them four, except for Elden Ring? Sniper Elite 5 like and... I, so who published Immortality? And Ring, obviously. Uh, I, th- I think Immortality and Sniper Elite 5 are like double A. Rebellion but, uh, developed. Rebellion's like, I don't know. Rebellion's been around for a long time. They had a developer for uh, Sniper Elite. They've been, they've been around that's, for a That's long. not indie. Um, and Pentiment is Pentiment's not Pentiment's a AAA studio, but it's like the brush right. indie game, right? Yeah. So it's I don't like half and half. 
It's like a that's like a triple A game. It's not like truly triple A game, but like Microsoft it's not, it's published not, it. Yeah, it's not indie. <laughs> indie is like Signalis and company with like called trillion dollar valuation. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. This looks good. It's fair. Like it's so. not like it's that very triple A. Um, we. Uh, I don't want people to think that we're anti Sony because remember, Returnal almost took it Dude, last year. Returnal, Bloodborne. I mean, Demon we did Souls, a, a long, uh, a long jump on Last of Us Part Two, and we all like Last of Us Part it. Two. I liked yeah. the Last of Us Part One a lot, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's just that I, God I, of War Ragnarok just really kind of. I think God of War Ragnarok broke me with its Sonyisms. Like it really, yeah. It, that that was the breaking point. They took it too far. Trust the player, damn it. Mm. Elden Ring, man, inevitable, really, because uh, I, I, because I... you have me on the podcast. That's why it's inevitable. It's yeah. That that actually <laughs> might be what happened, but um. <laughs> Hey man, we appreciate you here. Uh, it's it's uh, it's it's pretty hard to argue that it wasn't the game of the year. So yeah, it, it was just it. even if, even if it wasn't game of the year, it was like the game of 2022. You know, it yeah. just like it took over the culture in a way that a video game hasn't really done since what Skyrim. Like uh, it's, it's been a moment since a game took over pop culture like Elden Ring. Yeah, thus yeah. the most 2022 game of the year. As well, awesome. yeah. All right. Well, shit, guys. That's that's another one for the books. Uh, Definitely. We, we didn't crack the five-hour mark. Mary's gonna be happy. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think I'm. I'm like, I get so hungry after we do this. Oh my god. It's that like you go a, lift, you know. Pretty, we're, we're pretty uh, amicable about this. There weren't. There were, it wasn't very contentious, which you mm-hmm. know is good. I mean, I could have fought for immortality to be number one, but sometimes you yeah. just gotta fall on your sword, you know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that is a wrap, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate both you guys being here and everything everything you brought to this and forcing me to make Elden Ring the Jump Crouch pod, uh, podcast game of the year, despite my <laughs> despite my pleas. You're welcome. <laughs> Otherwise. Uh, and, uh, let's see what else, uh, we are some of us playing Bloodborne in the discord, check out the discord, maybe play Bloodborne. Um, could be, could be fun. Also watching Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula directed by Sophia, not Sophia, uh, by Francis Coppola, Coppola. (laughs) one of the Coppolas, uh, senior and uh check those things out that's they, they kind of go together i guess there's there's a it's like a it's like a wine pairing it's like if you paired chocolate with chocolate basically but um yeah uh madden we love you thank you for your your awesome soundtrack and uh your cool list that you provided at the top of this episode and uh we'll be back with more soon adios 